but I am going to take a swig of my water real quick because I've been running my mouth for hours. <laughs> mm. All right, here we yeah. go. Oh, is mine coming through on the line or? Yep, I can see it. It's spiking on my end. Okay, yep. I'll just record in the background. Just good, good. Just yeah, yeah. I, I like I yeah. like to have it in the background just to be safe. Perfect. Yeah. All right. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Loot Bros Podcast. I'm your host, Resident Daryl, and with me this week to end out 2021, I have a very special guest. Um, I can't think of a better way of ending this year of podcasting uh, than having this guest on. He is um, a man on the run, some would say. Uh, very newly cemented the number one trophy hunter in Australia. And if I'm a bit of a guessing guy, I would say that soon to be the number one achievement hunter in Australia. Uh, we have uh, the affectatious donk himself. We got CJ. What's up, brother? Hey, thanks for having me back on, sir. And before before we start, I want to say what an amazing job you've been doing. I've been listening every week. I know you've got a you've got a new style a little bit as well. We were talking before we started. You're having some new guests on, and I've really enjoyed listening. Uh, you know, in the last couple of weeks, obviously to Kalai and Joe, your regular partners in crime, but also the Game Squad. I heard a few weeks ago, and a bearded nerd. I think it was last week or the week before. I've really, I've really enjoyed it. I like this new. New approach, this new freshness, and uh, and some of the games they've been talking about as well. I always love to hear about new games, and they've definitely been been sharing. But we'll probably get into that tonight, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely, ladies and gentlemen. I did not pay CJ to say nice things about the show. <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I said be brutally honest, and uh, so uh, you can collect your check afterwards. <clears throat> Well, I mean, you did tell a lie. I don't think I'm going to be number one uh, achievement hunter in Australia anytime soon. I think uh, Meth has got that uh, well and truly uh, in the bag, at least for the next 10 years or so. Well, you know, when you and I first started socializing and uh, hanging out digitally, you were like hanging around number 69 on the leaderboards for the longest time. And I, at first I thought that was intentional. (laughs) <laughs> but then <laughs> lovely position to be in. I realized that it wasn't necessarily that you wanted to be the old 69th, but you just hadn't quite committed to taking the lead yet. And then I've watched you climb the ranks. And then the other day I was just like, you know what? Let's see what he's playing. I, maybe I want to uh, steal some little <laughs> <a> inspiration. <laughs> and I was like, wow, our trophy lists look oddly similar these days. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, sure enough, I saw that you were number one, and I was like, man, whenever we get to talk again, I want to talk about that. So before we get into all the crazy, cool games and stuff, I kind of want to talk about, like, how do you feel? Is that? I mean, I know you were trying to get there, or did it just fall into your lap? Or So what's going on? Yeah, a bit of both. I think it surprised me as well. This is definitely, definitely I was trying. So five years ago or something. Because it's a long time, it's it's a long term project. Like obviously, you don't come home every day and go, you know, I've got to chip away to get to the top today. But you know, it happens. It took it took five years or so. And what was so nice about it was, sort of four years ago, I, I met the then number one Australian typhoid uh, from Canberra, who was a super nice guy, who who sort of got me into visual novels. He had a massive collection, physical collection of games. Most of these games, Japanese, you can't buy anywhere you know, and if you can't exorbitant price and he's like, you know, here you can borrow whatever you want, you know, and, and it's not like he didn't have like five or ten, he had hundreds of these things. And this is obviously before Rattalika and all all that sort of stuff. So we, we formed quite a good friendship. And from him I sort of got to know a lot of the the higher ranked or more serious, I suppose you should say trophy hunters in Australia. M- most were in Melbourne. And 
we sort of had this network going of his games for a while and unfortunately they burnt out or whatever else and around that time this guy this meet the fucker uh came up and he is just like a machine and you know the only way that i caught him was the fact that he burnt i'm not sure i don't want to say burn out i think he just stopped like he in the last seven months or so he just almost stopped completely he's still playing by the look like longer games and things and ironically he's from canberra as well and i i don't know him personally or whatever i think he thinks i'm a bit of a fuckwit which is it's fine <laughs> many many people do I, I harbor that nicely but um you know so we never had anything to do and i didn't assume that i'd ever catch him or whatever else i was more worried about the guy behind me who's a young kid basically um you know passing me and he's he's really dedicated especially to to japanese games and and you know foreign games as well he's also a highly skilled gamer which makes it difficult daryl when you're playing against these people that are highly skilled and you can't yeah. play any of those games or you do but they take you five hours when they should take you one sort of thing so <laughs> yep so i did get very lucky i picked up like seven hundred thousand points on him in the last few months just because he literally basically stopped and he he seems to have stopped or whatever so it's quite it's quite good i think like well i was quite happy <laughs> with it i mean it's very it's just an individual goal. It always has been to play myself. And the funniest thing was is like the last few months I've definitely been playing a huge amount of spam, hundreds of games or whatever else to, to rein him in. But it's the last, uh, I didn't expect to get there to the end of the year, perhaps if, if he stopped and uh, completely and sort of getting there, it's opened up. Like I've been playing a lot of the longer games anyway, but it just feels nice to just, you know, sort of like I have a, a spam buddy. I suppose that's the butt buddy spam buddy uh if you like uh <laughs> <laughs> that um he doesn't want to stop and i'm like you know i think i'm going to take a few weeks he goes oh whatever these are all the games and he's just like these are what we have to do all this piling in and so he's going ham still which is awesome and you know perhaps one day you know maybe through competitions or something i'll get back to some of them as well but but you know yourself some of those spam games are actually fun too so oh, yeah. You Absolutely. know, and, and some of them are like one minute, so why not do them? You know, well, hey, you know what? I, I tell myself they're fun, whether they really are oh, or no, not. Some Maybe. are fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. But so normally here on the Loot Bros podcast, we have a whole rigmarole, things we go through, different topics, whatever. We're going to be doing the show different. Uh, so this is actually where I want to do the toast. And the toast tonight is the fact that you are number one in Australia. I don't think there is anything cooler going on right now that we could celebrate than that so congratulations <laughs> thank you Sam. that's right mm. yeah uh. just why you're doing that it's so funny i'll give a shout out to this dino raw he's the number two uh gamer in the uk and uh he's in a similar position to i was that he's chasing a guy that perhaps is more than one guy so it's going to be very hard for him to ever catch him but he's He's well ahead of me on the overall boards, and he's a he's a guide writer. He writes at Node.com Guide. Sorry for the plug, shameless plug there, but go. they're an independent site. Um, if you like shorter games, it's definitely the site to go to. They have text guides for everything, but they also do a hell of a lot of reviews of all sorts of games, not just PlayStation, even some retro games as well. So it's well worth, you know, a check Node.com to go and check for guides or just to, to see what they're up to. But he sort of sent me a message, and I thought, you know, like, it's funny because you say that, over, but nobody really understands how many ad thousands of hours have gone into you know creating such a ridiculous amount of digital nothings except for someone that's even higher up the board than you and he sort of sent me this message <laughs> or whatever and thanked me and stuff and i was like you know for me to cat move to again to him would take even more thousands of hours and i thought it's sort of a weird sort of respect now because i know how much time it took to get there and then if you were to go any further 
I think how much time and what it also taught me, and I know Hakum is a divisive figure or whatever among some of the bullshit people in the community, which is fine, but he's just a human. And what it showed to me was like he was number one for like eight or nine years or something. And to, you know, his score is basically double mine now. And he did that without all the spam and stuff. So, yeah. you know, just to maintain anything like that pace is just, it's just astronomical, I think. So I have a lot of uh, even more gained respect, I suppose, if you can say that for these people you know, higher up the boards or, you know, anywhere in the boards, I suppose, if they're, you know, if they're playing that. Because you say some of the stuff is fun, some is not or whatever, but it is a lot of time either way that you need to put in over years. It's not something you get to, you know, in a year or something. Well, you know, I can respect and I admire what you've been doing because, like you said, most people are going to hear you go, oh, you're number one Australia. Cool. What does that even mean? But it's been a challenge for me the past few years just to break into the top 1,000 here in the States. Mm. Like, uh, I don't have an astronomical amount of time to play. So I've got to be very strategic on how I play, which, I mean, anyone who listens to the show for any amount of time knows my complaints on, like, ah, I got to I gotta, I gotta kind of throw the spam in on the, like, short, you know, when I got 20, 30 minutes here, less than an hour here, and then I got to chip away at a longer game. And uh, I've, I've finally, <laughs> this year, broke into the top 1,000, and I'm only ranked 634 in my country. So, like, very the, good. to me, that is a huge accomplishment. And I posted the pictures in the Discord and Facebook group because I finally hit 50% completion the other day, which is another thing that, like, has been escaping me forever because it's like I'll start all these big games – but not really have the time to commit to them. And then had it not been for the spam to carry me to 50%, I don't know that I ever would have, would have made it, but it's been uh, that's my goal this coming year is to clean up my trophy list, clean up my completion. And, you know, I've got so many little side bets and side uh, competitions going on. Like next year is going to be, pretty spam free for me so we'll see if i can stay <laughs> in that top 1000 well so. one of the things like it's so funny because like you know and i know most of your audience is like blazed eyes and like oh look at this fucker go on about his <laughs> bullshit trophies that took 30 seconds to earn but one of the things you learn about a lot of these people is yeah they're hardcore yeah they're degenerates yeah they'll just pay whatever it costs to buy whatever game you know if it's quick or if it, if they're interested but one of the things is they're incredibly efficient gamers and i noticed yes. you've noticed this a bit with rick this year in the the oh, yeah. backlog now he's not playing short games but he's playing longer games but still very efficiently or whatever else and these people that have been around trophy hunting or achievement hunting you know sort of competitively if you, if you want to say they are very efficient gamers and one of the funniest things is uh you know one of your super fans of the show old jared uh geezer i call him although it's geyser i'm sure but geezer <laughs> oh, geezer and he likes to send me these abusive messages occasionally on psn i figure it's very late in the night in america so he's probably pissed or something when he does it but he sent me one the other day and he's like oh i tried to look at your profile the other day because it's you know i want to see what you're playing and stuff and then the second message is but it's all junk you know it's all junk that's all you play <laughs> and then i think he said you have another profile where you actually play games on and i was like look at this prick or whatever else but you know doing this but then i i go you know well, i better look at his profile this virtuous god of trophy hunting or whatever else and i look and he's got like persona 5 at 22 percent. now i'm sure the last abusive message he sent me a month ago persona was still at 22 percent. so <laughs> what the sir doesn't understand is i've already played persona you know we've played these bigger games as well so 
you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're a slow gamer, sir. I know you have two young children or whatever else, you know, it doesn't seem to handicap you writing abusive messages late at night, but I'm not saying you're a slow, <laughs> a slow gamer there, but what you, what you do learn is when you play and, you know, I'm not playing 10 hours a day or anything like that, you know, I'm not playing those sort of games, I suppose, but you do become very efficient, you know, in whether you, you play stacks back to back or whether you just see things in games. I think that, that, you know, maybe corners to cut in a way potentially yep. uh that you know you, you know what i mean in stuff in leveling like you know even rpgs like power leveling things you, you factor it in your head whether where's the best time in the game to do it and you you sort of know that from playing other games of a similar vein uh, you know, particularly you say 40 to 50 hour games should i waste time leveling here or should i push through to here or you know potentially should i just leave this game at 50 percent because the next 50 percent if the game's finished the next 50 percent will take 100 hours those sort of things so there's yep. efficiency in there as well i suppose you, um, so I want to say a couple things and then I want to get to a point. This will all make sense when I'm done. I'll try not to jumble it mm. up, but, um, you doing advocation to climb on the YouTube, it has been to me like as a fan of you and a, and a friend of yours, I, I look at, at that show and I go, that's perfect for him. Hey, <laughs> they get together, but th- those guys are on your level. You know what I'm saying? Like when you hang out with us, you are a different type of gamer than we are like, mm. like, and, and efficiency is one of those qualities, you know, um, degenerate is another quality. I mean, some, some would say, <laughs> maybe right. not me, but some would say, <laughs> but like the way that you guys attack a game is, is almost surgical. And, uh, and I think it was Cameron shadowless edge. He said something that I just like, it gave me, this is going to sound dumb, but it gave me goosebumps. I was like, this is makes so much sense. He was like, you, He's like, there's a a technique and an art to even f- using a guide to finish a game. Mm. And he was he said something along the lines of, "It's not only maybe it wasn't Cameron, maybe I'm just I'm." But it, one of the guys on the show said basically that it was like, "It's not about how much time you spend; it's how efficient you are. Even when it comes to using guides, there's like knowing how to use them is basically what he had said. And I was like, dude, you're so right because I can sit here with a guide and move slower through a game than I would if I would just tackle the game and kind of learn the techniques that the game is presenting to me. Whereas there's some games I've been able to throw the guide on and work alongside of it, maybe even a little ahead of it. And listening to you guys as these, you know, these guys that are, you know, run in the top of the leaderboard talk has been very, very uh, enlightening and exciting for me because I don't ever know that I'll aspire to try to get into the top 10, top 20. I thought a thousand was going to be unattainable, but I finally got there. And, but like knowing even just for me where I'm at, like how there's patterns in a lot of these games. There's things you can do. Um, there's some games that you don't need to necessarily play them. Let them play themselves. <clears throat> not going to name. Not going to say that's what I do. But either. well, you become good at that, from what I see on your uh, true trophies. Uh, <laughs> Diff, there you you're consistently beating me, and I know it's your fucking turbo controller every week. <laughs> Dude, you said something one day, and I was like, I don't remember if it was push to plat or if it was loot rose, but you said something one day that I was like. Oh, that's so smart. You said nothing a, a good turbo controller can't do. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So I <clears throat> may or may not have bought a turbo controller. <laughs> and the, 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 the hardest part about gaming now is the technique I use 
to keep the turbo controller going. <laughs> you know, I, there, there's no joke. I, I play with this English guy, whatever, a racing guy. Now, turbo controller, uh, maybe helpful in racing, more so this Kronos Max thing with some of your real degenerate audience might know. Now, this is basically a, a device you can connect to your con- controller. It's legal and it will c- record a loop, if you like. So turbo controller is basic. This will actually record, say, you driving a lap and then it will oh, replicate wow. the lap. It's a little dicey, of course, because things can happen in the game. But, you know, if you've got to drive thousands of, you know, the same lap, potentially can be very helpful. But you have to write the script, so you need to know a bit of programming and anything. So so that line of this, this guy, and I won't mention his name, but he used to have this rubber band kit of, like, all these different sized rubber bands, and he'd be collecting them, every every type you could have. Because he'd tell me, CJ, you'd never know what type of rubber band you're going to need on the controller for the angle that you'll need. <laughs> I was like, isn't that wonderful? That is, inc- <laughs> see, that's that's next level. I would have never that thought of that. That is next level. <laughs> so so uh, uh, Tricky and I, we've been going back and forth lately. And <clears throat> Tricky and I, we we got a good thing. Like, uh, like uh, for anybody who watches wrestling, we got a Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn thing going on. Like, those two guys are going to fight forever. That's going to be me and CJ. I mean, I don't mean to say that. Me and uh, Tricky. <laughs> but but Tricky and I have been going back and forth, you know, passing each other in Platinums, and neither one of us are trying to blow out the other. No. It's it's like a race. You, you get out in front of the other guy, and you slow down a little bit. And then you force them to go around you, and then you slow down a little bit. And so we've been doing this little thing back and forth, and I, the other day, I, I, I got a game, and I noticed after the first stack that I did on the game, I was like, wait a second. You don't have to play. I played the game. I beat the game. And then I learned that you didn't, I didn't have to do the, I didn't have to do it the hard way. There were cheats in the menu that you could turn on. <laughs> I, I remember like, listening to that episode. Thank you. <laughs> I was, well, the thing was, when I first talked about it, I was like, well, there's a rewind function. So the game's kind of difficult. But if you rewind, you can dodge all this stuff. And then, like, I go to do the second stack and, I um, I don't even. I, I might have saw it on a YouTube video actually, and then went and went and checked. Sure enough, in the options menu, you can turn on invincibility and everything. So then I did the second stack, and I was like, "You don't even have to hold the controller. You can just hold something on the X button, not even with a turbo controller, a regular controller, and it'll play itself." So I did the the third and fourth stacks while preparing breakfast for my family. <laughs> It's so funny because I, I remember you lis- listening to that right, walking and um that came up or whatever. And initially I was laughing because I was like, you know, at some point he's going to realize that he could have just walked away, you know, when, when you get to the other stacks. And then later that day, I was just, you know, I've got time on my hands, obviously. And I was just thinking, you know, I bet he knew there were cheats, but he doesn't want to say. You know, he doesn't want to say on air because he doesn't want others to know. And I thought he really is becoming a serious trophy hunter now. Oh, Because <laughs> that's so, the sort of sneaky things people people will do. <laughs> well, if, okay. So I I, I got to say, I do come to that moral crossroads where I'm like, do I divulge what I'm doing or not? Because what's going to happen is to the average listener of the show, they're going to roll their eyes and be like, you're disgusting. But then to guys like you and me, it's going to be like, yeah, my man, <laughs> he knows. So, but I didn't tell Tricky what I was doing. Okay. So that was, that was where I decided to draw. I'll tell my audience and they can judge me how they want, but I'm not telling the guy I'm competing with. Yeah. He sends me a picture of a toothpick that he had wired together in the shape of a cross, holding down his X button while he did those same stacks, like a couple of days later. Yeah. And it was, 
it it genuinely it made me laugh. So I was like, that that freaking guy, he gets it. And it was so funny because he didn't I never divulged that I set them up to run on their own at that time. And then he figured it out too. So it was awesome. We've been sending each other messages, you know, <laughs> little screenshots. And um it was just so funny because I like, I was like, I, I didn't know the first time, but like you said you start to learn things, especially when you're stacking these games. And it's like, okay, the first time might be my slowest run, my worst run, but now my second, third, fourth, whatever. I, I tend to not go any farther than the the fourth stack. I'm usually I'm usually done. Yeah. <laughs> that's usually that's about as far. I, I don't I don't do the uh, Asian, Hong Kong, Turkish, you know, Japanese mm-hmm. uh, stacks yet. Um We'll see after, after, if I can make it a year of, of celibacy uh, from, from spam, <laughs> maybe I'll come back like a, like a vengeance and then just go, go crazy and get all the stacks. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I know we're going to move on from this, but the only, only other thing I'll say, cause I know there's a large portion of your audience that, that thinks this is all bullshit or whatever, which is totally, <laughs> is totally fine. But quite often these angles that are being shot by people that play six stacks of the game. And the funny th- thing is obviously, you know, the more you play the game, the faster you'll get at it. And none of these games right. are long to start with. And it was, it was so funny because I, play, I'm not sure if you played this Nyx Aurea Dungeons of Rogues. It's originally a Zitalon, um, I think it's Zitalon, Xbox game that came across to the, the PlayStation recently with multiple stacks. And there's a bit of RNG. So the more you know about the game going in, the quicker. And the other day I was like, uh, for, for the true trophy difference, for some reason, the Japanese stack had a very high difference. I'm not sure why. It's unusual. So I thought, I'll do that one or whatever. And I did it. And I thought, wow, this is pretty quick. And the game's been out for a year or something. And I think I did it in 40 minutes. And the next person was 45 minutes. So that's pretty rare after a year. But it's just that, it's just those little things that you pick up from, I suppose, what we we're saying before, playing them. There's a few little tricks, which I won't go into to protect my time. Obviously, <laughs> and to protect the diff so I don't get knocked out this week, potentially. But, um, that's the real reason. But this, but the funny thing is, is, I ran into a player a couple of years ago on the Platcast discord mr soy and i'm pretty sure he's still like he's an amazing player because he plays every big game and he plays only one game at a time and he finishes them all platinums them all and he's like he's very quick at these games getting through them and obviously a high skilled gamer and you know he wants to play all of those games but he doesn't play any of the garbage you know he's just focused on that and you know the the, most of the the higher up players and myself included we unfortunately we fall under this thing that we want to play every game. So you're lucky, Daryl. You want to buy every game, but you don't want to play them all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to play them or as many as I can. So any of these little tricks you pick up, you know, and you were saying before, you know, whatever you learn to read a guide. But the truth is, you you know the guide writers often, so you can talk to them as they're writing the guide. We're often playing the games before the guide comes out, but you also know like a handful of all the other players that are playing these games, and all you have to do is send them a message and say, hey, you know, I need to know about this game. What can you tell me? And they tell you everything you need to know to cut it down or whatever, and you do the same maybe, you know, down the track for them. And like there's no way to break into that group, unfortunately. That's just time and I suppose and and having boosted with them and stuff, but there's a lot of that going on as well. So, you know, there's a lot of it's, I mean, you're the one playing it, but you're getting a lot of information that perhaps not everybody else is getting, or at least not in the month, first month or so. Well, I'm hoping that our podcast can be a bridge to anybody who wants, maybe they've <laughs> dabbled in trophies and achievements and they want to go into a full on degenerate. I'm hoping to provide that. <laughs> that is my gift to you, the listener. 
<laughs> but I think what we should do is move away from this topic because 23 minutes in, there will be people swinging from a rope <laughs> going, for fuck's sake, this guy should get hunted uh, down and shot. Well, I think I think you're right. And so um, it's funny. I actually wanted to break this into two sections. I was talking about, you know, real games yeah, and then some spam. But I think we've probably done the spam all mm. the justice that it needs. So more so. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll actually just leave that. <laughs> from, yeah. We'll leave that. We're not even going to come back to it. Um, I, with the exception of, have you played Finger Fitness? <laughs> yes. Did you enjoy it? <laughs> I, I, I really did. It's like was Mayo, like, wasn't it? Yes, it was like Mayo, but with uh, haptic feedback and um <laughs> and resistance and stuff on the triggers. That was awesome. I thought that was uh that's the future right there. That's going to be for all of the uh, spam hunters and all of the degenerates. They're going to have the strongest fingers in the business. So essentially what I wanted to do is, and in no order, you know, whatever comes to mind, shoot from the hip. Um, Let's start talking about just a couple of like the most fun games, maybe the best experiences you've had. Xbox, PlayStation, doesn't matter. Uh, Why don't you, CJ, just pick a game and just what's something that you it was a standout game that you enjoyed this year. Definitely. Look, just before I do that, though, seeing you asked me one spam question, I want to ask you one as Go well about a game that I know you've played. I'd love to know what you think about this Christian collective set of groups that come out every Sunday here, cashing in for $1 US for a one-minute or two-minute plat with a religious message. As a, as a man of the church, how, how, how do you find these? I, but knowing that most people that play them are there, well, everyone that plays them is there for the plat. But uh, is, it, is it an uncomfortable crash, cash grab or are you, are you happy with it? Are you fine with modern problems require modern solutions. <laughs> I think that they're doing the church justice. <laughs> I think that uh, they're awful games that have a positive message and they are extremely affordable. Mm. So subliminally, yeah, this group breakthrough gaming is changing the, the world, starting with the trophy hunters. They are uh, propelling the gospel of Jesus and you don't even realize you're getting it. But one day, a thousand trophies later, you're going to be able to recite the Bible and you're, you're going to be like, wait a second, this is life changing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and my final my final point before we move on, not being a religious man myself, although having read most of uh, most of the Bible, uh, it, it well at least in, in good chunks of it, I never came across the figure, the obviously important figure in the, the Christian uh, you know belief system, Zippy. How um how important <laughs> is Mister Zippy in the in the text? Where do I need um, to read to find him? <laughs> uh, I think Zippy is a metaphor for us. I oh, think that, uh, that Zippy himself is not actually in the Bible, but, oh, but no, I'm a, a, a vehicle that just navigates its way through to where we could take on the characteristics of Zippy and, and see how he, so we can apply the messages that are given to us through each and every game. So uh, you said that you, you've read a lot of the Bible, and I guarantee you, you will finish the entire thing before this company's done. <laughs> ah, <laughs> maybe, maybe Zippy's Old Testament, I see. There you go. Uh, no, no, that's ZJ. ZJ is <laughs> ZJ, Old Testament. Guess, Zippy <laughs> is, uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, a, that's after uh, the Jesus. So, uh, But seriously, tell, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me about a game that you've enjoyed this year. Yeah, it's so funny because, like, you know, this time of year obviously is is game of the year, and I know you guys did that recently on your your show, and everybody's like everybody's doing it. And 
I was listening to, I don't know, one of the IGN ones yesterday, um, might have been their, their game scoop or whatever, and they, they were doing their awards or whatever else, and uh, and one of the guys said, you know, they listed out the games that he'd played for the year, and it was like 20 or 30 games. And, oh, you know, admittedly he's writing a full review, so he's not just playing it for 10 minutes or something. And, and you know, but I thought, well, you know, that's like he, that's his full-time job is to play games and write about them, and I know they do other stuff, but you know, 22 games. And then I thought, you know, all these people, you know, and, and some journalists play a lot more like on Giant Bomb, they're playing, you know, hundreds or whatever. But I thought it's such a hard question to answer because, and again, it's a COVID year, so working from home. So it's, you know, there's a lot yep. of differences, but, and it'll definitely be the biggest year that I ever play, I think, although the numbers are much higher than normal, but, you know, relatively or so. And I finished, well, I played 530 new games on the Xbox and 904 new games on the PlayStation. All new games started this year. So to, to label like one or two games is kind of hard. <laughs> and out of those, you know, I finished 770 um, on the, the PlayStation. So, you know, well over three quarters and about 250 on the Xbox, so about half or so. So, you know, for completely finished or whatever. So it's a lot of games. So what I thought was like, I just, to save you, you know, a headache is I just did a couple of little categories and uh, I'll, throw out my games in those categories and then you could add to them or whatever you want is that cool or hey man i think that's awesome (laughs) just because i thought you know like how do you write one game you know when you've played so many games or something absolutely so so i suppose for indie and like i don't know you play like you i know you play a lot of the you know the triple a stuff or whatever else but i think you're getting more into indie games as well i don't know if that's fair to say i know you play retro stuff so i don't see that in the same but yeah i've I've always i've always i'm 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 I like games, so I'm, I have some years that are indie heavy, some years that are not so much. So, uh, but yeah, I, I love a good indie game. Yeah, so like, I mean, like a good portion of my time, and I'm always conscious of this because of you know the shorter games, and also I'm interested in new stuff. Is spent playing indie games, and so while the AAA games are like massively long, it's probably like I'm probably spending more hours overall on indie games just because there's so many of them that come out every week, and. It's such a mixed bag, and I know why a lot of gamers are like they they wait for reviews and like they, they wait for you know opinions because you know these games might be like twenty bucks or whatever you know so a fraction of a triple A, but the problem is that some of them are broken, some of them are dreadful, some of them are not like what they look like they're going to be or what they say they're going to be. So I know there's a lot of trepidation, and like these games, like there are hundreds of these games on the store every month, they're just like spewing out, and so it's so hard to find you know ones that are decent and. It is, it is easier, obviously, if you're playing a lot of them, you know, you, the, the good ones will stick out. But, but there are so many good ones, I think, you know, there that a lot of people just miss completely. Uh, you know, the PlayStation and the Xbox store is just every day there's new stuff and it just gets pushed further down. You know, they don't bring, bring stuff back. So my, my favorite indies, I suppose, this year, I'm not sure if you played any of these, Daryl, but feel free to ask about any we'll of these. interests you. Um, the recent Nostalgic Train, which is a really wonderful, it's a visual novel, but it's got a little bit of walking sim. It's a Japanese game, but it's, uh, it's all in English, the, the text, obviously. Uh, there's no spoken word in it. And it, it circles around this memory loop, basically, where you ride a train and then you, you get off and you, you basically go from sort of modern times back generations to, to look at how this story has affected this family. And it's kind of a tragic, it's a very sad game and kind of a tragic story. A really beautiful little game, you know, and just showing you, I suppose, what you could do with such a simple concept, which at the core is what an indie is. It's so blurred now with, you know, more money coming in and, and yep. A or B studios sort of made the indie. But 
at, at a true indie essence. Uh, the next one, the solitaire conspiracy. Have you have you heard of this one? I have heard of it. I think I've I've got it. Maybe in my wish list. Yeah, well, I think you should bump it up if you like solitaire in particular. Okay, but it's got um, and also because you know you're you're starting to have a love, you know, infatuation with FMVs as well. Oh yeah, uh, so. There's elements of that in this. This has got that Greg Miller uh, kind of funny dude, uh, and he's the narrator or whatever else, and it's also, you know, you can see him, so there's video or whatever. It's a Mike Bithell game, so you've got to use your brain, I suppose, people, Yep. yep. unfortunately. But it's not, you know, I did it, so you can use a small brain and you'll still get away with it. <laughs> it is, you, you can play it as basic solitaire, but it gets more complicated. Like there's these, like the cards can fight each other a little bit, and, you know, so certain cards will go to the bottom you know, when you drop them on the top, which would never happen, obviously, in normal solitaire. It explains it all. But as I said, you can play it like normal if you want. And it goes through a series of missions and it's telling this story, if you like, this spy story where you're up against solitaire and solitaire is this, you know, unknown figure of the head of the spy network. And you're, you're, you know, as you finish each sort of chapter, you're getting a new deck. So you're getting more agents that come to you. And of course, you start with one deck, then there's two, three, and four, and this sort of stuff. So it's probably only like a three, four-hour game or whatever else, but it is super fun. Like the FMV stuff, a little cheesy, but the the whole concept. If you you know if you've played Solitaire before and you're like you want a bit of a fresher on it, it's such a it's such a fun concept. And if you are a bit of a skill gamer, there is actually a there's a mode in it, a timing mode, like where you get like a, a two or three minutes and you've got to finish so many sets of hands, which is really challenging. So. The base game is not yeah. overly hard, but there's challenge there if you if you need it. Uh, oh, this one I don't know this one because I know you're a bit of a pony. So this one uh, away Ooh, the, yeah. away the survival series. Do you remember this? It sounds familiar. Let me let me bring it up. This one they I don't know. It was at least a year ago. Might have been two years ago. They showed at one of their showcases. Yes, or, yes. It, it is a PlayStation exclusive. That's yeah. the flying squirrel one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked really good. Just unfortunately, did not work out that way when they released it. They forgot to tell the right. game. And it's, it, was, <laughs> it was a real shame because it starts off with the flying squirrel. It's awesome. And, you know, graphically, it's whatever. It's, it's livable for an indie game. But it was just, it's really broken. And it's such a, the only reason I put it in my list is that it's rare that you get a game where you just don't know how to do anything. And, like, nothing's explained, but the game, it just doesn't work. Like, in parts, it's linear, but there's no real markers for where you're supposed to go. You can fall through the side of the map, and it's just, I don't know, I, it's a testament to broken games on, I want to say Sony, but I know they exist on both systems. How it ever got released, I'm not sure. And such a shame it got released in that that way, because it is a really cool idea that you play as this bat and you're you're trying to reunite your family, uh, whatever else, into big animals, a bit of stealth and this, and it's just, it's really close to being good, but it's not. And it's like a, it's a really good case study, I suppose, if you were learning game design, why you shouldn't release something that's not ready because this company, you know, and I know people are like, oh, well, just don't buy it. But the problem with this is, is if you follow games, you'll know who made this, you know, or you'll write down who made it and you probably will never buy another game of theirs because yeah. of what they've done here. And it's a real shame that it's a good idea, whether they ran out of money or time or both, I don't know, but it's same. It's a shame, like an angel investor, someone couldn't say, here's, a few million or whatever you need, take another year or two and, and make it because I think they ruined the concept, unfortunately. But that was one game that I was like, oh, Flying Squirrel game looks kind of neat. I thought the, the graphics in the trailer looked pretty good. But when it came out and I read that it was broken, I was like, okay, I'll wait for them to patch it. And then I never, I just yeah. never went back to it. 
it's one of those weird things because, like, we always talk about, oh, well, you know, like, it's a broken game, but it'll get better. Like, Ubisoft, it's guaranteed. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> it's broken and it will get better over time. But there's a lot of games like that. But but it's it, the, the problem with some games are that they can't be fixed. You know, they're broken in the code in such a way that I think it's just you know you have to start again and i think this is one of those games that i don't i think there's so much wrong with it that i don't think a patch you know short of patching the whole game which i know they've done on you know some some developers have done um there may be no way around that so it's it's a real shame that one but it is what it is i suppose yeah gotcha uh i, I, I don't know i'll couple, i've got a couple more if you like for indie man you keep out. going dude like okay. you keep talking games i'll jump in like i've got a few i want to talk about and when the time's right i'll get there There's- good because i've opened my book here listeners you can't see this i have a bit of a problem perhaps of acquiring games so as daryl starts to list them <laughs> i'm going to be writing them down so that i can add them to my collection as well that's what i like the most about <laughs> talking absolutely games but another three i'll throw out for you i think all three of these are interesting you you probably worthy of your time. The first one is Toem, uh, T-O-E-M. It's a black and white uh, minimalistic art style um, narrative walking sim with a lot of puzzle elements like environmental puzzles, I suppose you could say. And the, the premise is you walk around taking photos of things uh, in the in the environment or whatever, and it opens up. As you've got enough photos, you open up into the next map or whatever. But it's a, a really cute game that it probably is only two hours if you use a guide. I, I'm not sure. I haven't haven't done that. But if you're working it out yourself, it's actually one of these like old school type games. It'll probably take you 12 hours because it's not completely clear and you, you're you overdoing one thing over on this side of the map and you just can't figure out how to go any further. So you're like, okay, I'll go back over to this side. And, and then while you're over there doing it or two days later, you know, it's in the back of your mind and you go, oh, I know what I could do. I've got to try that. And there hasn't been a lot of games like that for me where I've, you know, like three days later, I've been like, oh, my God, why, haven't I, why didn't I try picking up that thing or moving that? And so then I come back in and I try it, doesn't work. And I go, oh, okay. you know, and then, you know, a couple of days later, there's something. So that was a really good experience. Uh, HOA, H-O-A, which is about a, I think almost everyone should play this if they have a, a PlayStation, only play it on PS5, the PS4 version, not, not so great. It's about a three hour uh, site, well, platformer but very simplistic platforming. It's really beautiful. It's a really cute little story. You play as like this little butterfly thing. Uh, it's just a really nice feel-good story. I think your kids would like that one potentially, Daryl. And then one maybe for the adults, uh, this came out last year, but I played it sort of this year or early this year, uh, Iris.Fall, which is we had a bit of a wave at the start of the year of these games like Contrast. Uh, yep. don't, you, know, mm-hmm. you remember Compulsion yeah, yep. Studios? Yeah. So not compulsion, but this idea of playing with shadows and, you know, and light. And Iris Fall, it's a dark story that plays with light and all the puzzles involve the light. They're really clever puzzles as well. And they, they make you think, but not so much that you need a guide. Uh, perhaps for trophies you might. I think it might be missables. But if you're playing the game, uh, you can get through it without bashing your head against the wall, but it won't be given to you, I suppose, if, if that makes sense. So a, gotcha, a lovely yeah. experience. I have that game. I just uh, I haven't started it yet. Yeah, it's it's about 20 bucks and I don't know. I think I messaged you whenever like maybe last year and it was like $2 or something on yep. the NA store for no reason. Um I'm sure it's not anymore unfortunately, but <laughs> That's when I picked deal. it up. I picked it up for like 2 bucks, yep. Yeah, yeah. And then one you should definitely play, although you'll have to play it on the Xbox. It is an exclusive there, at, well, at least at the moment. But it's on Game Pass, that wonderful thing with free games. Uh the Artful, <laughs> the Artful Escape. I don't know. Have you have you tried this yet? I have not, but I, I've heard a lot about it. 
you'll love it because you're, you're wailing on a guitar. Every time you jump, you hold the button yeah. and you sort of float and wail on the guitar. And it's a rock opera as a game. Um, it's only uh, like four or five hours or so. Beautiful, you know, punky art style. It's crazy. And the story is crazy too. It starts off normal and then just goes scene. There's an octopus in there as well. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> but the music in it is good. It's good. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, and then the last one, I'll throw out because I got to let you have a go because I'm taking over. I no, you're good. Uh, this one, this one is interesting. It definitely flew under the radar, and I don't like Metroidvania games for the premise that I don't like not knowing where I'm going, and that's what people like about Metroid games is that you don't really know where you're going, and you have to go backwards, and for some reason you can't get up that jump, but you will be able to later. And like, how are you supposed to know all this stuff? Like, I don't know, and it's very frustrating for me. So. I avoid these games. Their maps are usually difficult to understand as well because they're sort of, you know, like uh, flat maps, if you like, a bit like the control situation, flat maps are on yeah. you know, vertical levels. And my small brain, it doesn't understand it. And I was listening to the R3Sense podcast and they were predominantly interested in, you know, their top 100 games, looking at all sorts of games. But they also did a little bit at the start of each episode where they talk about what they were playing. And one of the guys there, Jonathan, we're like opposed gamers. Like, no way are we similar in anything we like. But he's raving about this game called Ender Lily's Quietus of the Nights. And he's like, it's a Metroidvania, but it's not difficult like normal Metro. The map is good. You know, the map highlights the different exits. It highlights when you can go to them if, you, if you're really stuck. And I was like, this sounds like a, you know, a game that I could handle. And it's got roguelike elements as well. So, you know, you die, but you don't reset. You get stronger every time. So you're not wasting progress or wasting time and really dark art style or whatever some really like gorgeous music as well so i was like well you know i'll, I'll give this ender lilies quietest of the nights a go uh, on the xbox but I, I think it's on playstation 2 and it is it's a really it's a really great game and if if you've tried to play something like ori in the the blind forest which exceptional game but it's a metrovania if you can't handle the map that game sucks particularly the second yep. one because it's just difficult this is like I don't want to say babies first because it's not. There's RPG mechanics in this game. It's very involved, you know, around 15 hours, judge judge for yourself. But it's a really great game. And, you know, if it, if it were to come across your radar, I'd definitely suggest um, grabbing it. I think for me it's my favourite indie game this year. It's just, it's just fantastic. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's enough. <laughs> so I had – I'm sitting here going through my list, and I didn't have the best experience with indie games this mm. year. And I actually didn't play, with the exception of Spam, a ton of indie games this year. I, uh, I, I really, as I was reflecting through my list, I actually played a lot of big AAA titles, you know, AAA titles. Um, but I got a couple of them that I kind of want to point out. One of which I don't think it qualifies as indie, but it's one of those bite-sized games that's been re-released through the arcade archives. And that is Sunset Riders. Um, it was a Super Nintendo game. I think it would be considered AAA back in that day. 2D side scroll shoot 'em up, you know, cowboys and Indians kind of thing. But man, it, it was is so good. It is so incredibly good. I had an absolute blast. This is I, when it when it released on the PSN. I was like, this is a day one. My son and I sat there and played it together before work one before school one day, and it just it just immediately took me back to that time, <clears throat> you know. And nowadays, like a game like this comes out, and this is this is tiny. This is you know, <laughs> it's it's but it's, it was such a big deal when I was a kid mm -hmm. playing back through it. Now you know, as a 
small downloadable title uh, was awesome. So that was one that really stuck out to me as a game that I I just really enjoyed it. And it would be considered, I mean, it's the equivalent of what we download for our indie games these days. Uh, an indie game that you turned me on to that unfortunately I haven't finished yet, but what I've played has been tremendously like just well done. And I've had such a good time is visage. Ah, uh, yeah. That game has the wildest opening. Like just that opening scene was like tone setting. It was really good. <laughs> um, absolutely. Um, it's, it nails atmosphere. The game is scary as crap. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's awesome. It's a, it's very, very cool. So that is one that I've got on my list to go back to. And, but it's not a game that I can play in a room with distractions or other people. Like that's one of those, you put the headphones on and you go. You know, um, what's great about that game. And like, I'm not sure how much you've played of it, but I was like, that, that is genuinely scary. That game. I think, well, yes. I think it is like you. And one of the things like with games are that that always interests me is how games funnel you into forward progression. So, you know, how much they hold your hand or they direct you where to go so that you can actually play the game. You know, you're not just in this opening right. area forever. And that's one of the few games where it doesn't really hold your hand, but the and it's not a spoiler, but the chapter chapter, the three chapters come off which item you sort of pick up in the house in the open level. And that you know, differentiates which story path you go down. And you can go down any of the three story paths, I believe, from the beginning. And, you know, that's as far as I'll go, spoilers or whatever. And I thought, like, that's a, it's a really cool design. It's quite open or whatever, you know, and it adds to the, what added to the tension for me and maybe the frustration. And it's so funny, like, Cameron and Style and Onyo Bro, they both played this game. And they're like, it's not scary at all. It's, well, shit, the game is, you know, it's no good. It's not good. It's not clear what you're doing. It's not blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, well, I think it's scary. And then I was like, well, they're just sitting there with a video guide, Style. And you right, were sitting there right. with a video guide playing it. So, you you know, you knew which item you were picking up. You know, you're following it along. So it, it really, uh, you know, I know you probably need a guide to finish it, whatever, to complete it, maybe. But it's one of those games where if you go in not knowing what the hell is going on, it's much better, I think. Like, oh, yes, absolutely. I said that on a recent show, maybe last week, week before, when I was talking about Bioshock. I like most of the time when you're playing through a game with a guide, it'll spoil things for you, makes it less enjoyable. You don't get as much out of it. Whereas a collectible guide with Bioshock, I was still really, really getting you know, the, the game, it was, it's just such a tremendous, it's such a good game. Such a mm-hmm. game. I'm having, I had such a blast with it. Uh, Visage is a game that I chose not to use a guide on. Um, that was a game that you actually had challenged me to play. And I went into it like you would any horror game. Lights off, headset on, let's go. And it, I thought it was, it was very scary. As a matter of fact, shout out to Tyler Owens, uh, a friend of mine who he streams and he played, he's played that game on stream and we were conversating while he was playing it. And he, he was like, dude, this game's terrifying. <laughs> this game is freaking terrifying. And he plays a lot of the horror games, enjoys all the resident evil stuff as well. And it, it just, to me, it really hit that same unexpected nature that, uh, PT, uh, you know when pt came out you you didn't know what you were doing you know what to expect and when crazy stuff started happening it got you and i could see where a guide would ruin that game yeah it's it's so funny when you talk about that because i know the other uh horror indie game you played uh, and i really want to play it is this song of horror and for some reason i know it was a bit glitchy or whatever at the time or whatever and i think it's good on playstation maybe not on xbox there's something going on still with it somewhere but the funny thing is it never goes and like 
you know, I don't want to come across as a cheap bastard because I buy whatever anyway. But for some reason, I have a mental block on this game because it never goes on sale. <laughs> and I know that it potentially, it could be glitchy, but my bigger problem is that you said the characters die. So I'm scared yes. that I'm going to get 10 minutes in and that'll be my experience. And I'm like, you know, like I've bought games, worse games or, you know, shorter games for more and it's been fine. But I have a real mental hang up on that Song of Horror for some reason, but I do want to play it. It's funny because that was another one I wanted to bring up. And that's a game that I didn't finish it because it was broken. And by the time the developers got back with me and said it was patched and good to go on PlayStation, I had already kind of moved on. It's Mm. again, still downloaded to my console and it is on my list of things to do for next year, especially a spam free, you know, celibate year. But, uh, but it's definitely what I'm going to go back to. I even ordered the physical edition just because I loved the first several hours that I played of the game. And it's, it's the old school resident evil style fixed cameras, you know, third person camera, you can, uh, the characters run around the room. You got to find the puzzle pieces, but the tension, not knowing what's on the other side of the door is so good. Mm. And then the, they took puzzles that you would solve in other survival horror games. And you know, the outcome, and they flipped them on their head and they caused me to die. And it was awesome. It was just like they broke my, they broke the formula. They knew, I knew what I was supposed to do. And they did the opposite and they got me. And that is a game that like my initial impressions of that game is, is fantastic. It was, is a great experience. Again, I, it's when I will be, you'll be hearing me talk about this one a lot. And especially the first quarter of the year, because I've got a whole slew of horror games indie horror games that I'm going to be burning through, especially mm. since, Hey, that's a spam for a year. So, um, that's another one I, I really enjoyed. And I'm, I'm very, very, um, I think that one's got them probably the most potential out of most of the games that I've, that I've played. Yeah. I think, so. I think that's good. And I want to throw one more. Cause you mentioned that sunset, uh, arcade archives thing. Uh, yeah. um, thing. I don't know if you played this one or not lucky slinger. It you know technically a spam plat in that you only need to play the first two levels, but it's very similar to that game. But it actually has like a a much longer. Well, you know, I don't know if it's longer because I couldn't finish the <laughs> other one, but it has a good like I think eight chapters if you want to play the whole game. Uh, you might like that if you like that. They're very similar. Lucky Slinger. Yeah, yeah. I'll, As I'll I said, the plat is about a quarter of the game, but then you can keep going. And it's uh, it's I really enjoyed that game. Yeah, it was fun. If I play this, get the platinum, and had a good time, then I'll, I can stop there. Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. So um, I got one more that I'll, uh, indie game that I think that you and I both have a, uh, a quite an affinity towards. When it comes to horror games, th- this is the creme de la creme, the top of the mountain. Uh, there are no games. There are a few games, probably buggier and glitchier and uglier than this game. And, you know, most games, the devs know you're, most people only play the beginning, you know? And <laughs> a lot of times you'll put a game in, it's like, okay, this is polished, this looks good. And things get a little more bland, a little more uh, assets get reused. You start to see patterns, and, and games maybe taper off towards the end. But none really hit that home like an evil existence does. <laughs> How good was the end of that game with the flamethrower? Uh, oh my gosh. <laughs> the the old lady with the chainsaw. Oh, chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was so broken. Oh. And 
the uh the the cemetery fight where you had to stab that guy uh-huh. or hit him with the wooden crosses like a hundred times <laughs> but that the fun- game was the funny thing was that game had it was a, it was a resident evil 7 ripoff too because it yes. literally had that door scene where you stand you know before you go in and the doors open a bit and it's a black oh it's wonderful <laughs> Oh, even the old guy when you when you open the door, yeah. the man that punches you in the face and then drags you off, like it was un unashamedly a ripoff, and it was awesome for it. I, <laughs> like I, that one was that one was awesome. There's another one that's very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one I thought I would have had the platinum in much faster than I, I still don't have the platinum in. Uh, what is it's called? Dissension, dissection. Dissection. Okay. D I S S E C T I O N. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's the same, same assets. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like the same assets as, as that game. Uh, you're in a mansion. There's a big bad, a threat that's kind of in the room that kind of chases you around. And you, have to find keys to get into different rooms. I've only got nine out of the 22 trophies. So this is the one that my daughter and I are playing together. And she, she my kids, they like horror games. Um, I love horror games. I mean, obviously I talk about them all the time, but we have found some horror games that we can play together. Now, what that usually means is they're a bit um, more janky, very indie. And, you know, they're, <laughs> they're just, they are where they are. This is one of them that I'm playing with my kids whenever they're ready. And the sound design is not evenly, like the sound's not evenly distributed throughout the game. Mm-hmm. So like when things happen, it can be like obnoxiously loud. Mm-hmm. And the pattern that the big bad runs through, it's kind of all over the place. It's very interesting. That's another one though. But like the, there are certain games that the, like you can tell these unity assets are being reused in these indie games yeah. for some of these horror stuff. And that's another one that it reminded me of not a good game. All right. Not a good game, <laughs> but it's like yeah. watching like a really, I went through, um, I went through a lot of phases this year, but I went through this phase of watching really, dodgy uh horror movies you know like yes. that, that are just they're supposed to be funny or whatever they, they were did you know ubisoft made a horror film it's werewolf something uh, uh werewolves no, within yeah it's dreadful but it's funny yeah. dreadful <laughs> and there was another one i watched before that i forget that they're all forgettable but they were so bizarrely bad that you know <laughs> but i think they're supposed to be like that you know that's what you're supposed to laugh at them as well as their horror and it's fun to have games like that because, as you said, with Visage, a lot of the, like, I'm not a horror game player because it's a bit intense for me, but a lot of those games are really intense. So to have these, like, games where they're, like, maybe there's, like, a jump scare here or there, but it's sort of so ridiculous as well. It's such a great balance for the, I don't know, that B-grade <laughs> cheesiness. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's one of the things that attracts me to that genre is that I love B-grade horror movies. Um, speaking of, so there is, okay, I got to tell, this is this perfect place to talk about it. Years and years ago, when we first started Ninja Loot, I found a movie called Quarantine. It has the actress from the uh, show Dexter. Mm-hmm. I, I forget her name, but she's the main actress in this movie. And I th- believe this is pre-Dexter days. I, this might be when she was doing Dexter. I'm not 100% sure, but I discovered the movie. It's called Quarantine. It's like a found footage movie so like it's in first person shaky camera kind of thing 
Uh, and it's like a, a zombie outbreak that kind of takes place in an apartment complex. And the whole movie is filmed inside the apartment complex. Some of the best horror out there. Like, um, is it scary? Kind of. But it's also like just well done. Like they made the most of the opportunities they had with the budget they had. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Um, I watched it tons of times. Really, really loved it. It has a great ending. Just really cool. <laughs> so I was going through the various streaming services the other night looking for just like, just, I didn't, Amazon Prime has like some of the campiest, like worst B grade, C grade horror movies. And I randomly stumbled across Quarantine 2. I had no idea this movie existed. It came out in 2011. So I watched it. I was like, oh, I got to watch this. This is a follow up to one of my favorite films. It's not a found footage movie, but it is a B, B grade horror movie. And it's actually really really good so if you decide to, to dip back into some of those yeah. uh quarantine and quarantine two now quarantine two is not near as good as quarantine one but it's a different it's a different style film and where what they use their budget on really worked like the actual infected people the you know their movement their um actual makeup you know it's it's, it's done really well it's really cool I, I I really, really enjoyed that. And just now that we're talking about B-grade horror, which is like my favorite thing in the world, I'm like, yes, quarantine, quarantine too. Got to watch them. They're, they're really good. So they're On the list. All right. So um, throughout the year, I played various indie games and I played things that didn't, that just weren't good. And I've, I've kind of called those out. Yeah. Uh, one of which being 12 minutes. Um, wasn't a huge fan of that game. Um, a little divisive <laughs> with the endings and things. Um, did you play 12 Minutes? Yeah, I did. The game is a, I think it's fair to say the game's a mess. Like the designer, mm-hmm. I thought was a, it wasn't what I was expecting to start with, but that was my fault. Um, going in blind, I, I'd build up a different thing, but I thought the whole thing was a bit of a mess the way it was put together. And yeah. I bounced off it. I just did one ending and that was enough for me. And like, I understand there's an element of like old school games where you have to like experiment to get the endings, but I found the loop frustrating to break out of. And yep. I, I didn't think that logically, and from having, you know, listen to people that have finished it or whatever else and the way they talk it doesn't sound like logically there was a clear path through that game either so either you had to make some huge lateral leaps or you had to cheat and use a guide and you know i think that yeah i think it's a game that was clearly overhyped perhaps and um perhaps it wasn't what any of us were expecting i think in the, the long run I agree. I agree. Um, that one, I was I was looking forward to that game. Uh, I played it on Game Pass, which you know I know I give Game Pass a lot of heat for things on the show, but I'm still a subscriber, still use it. Mm. And that was a game that I was looking forward to. Um, and I I didn't even go for the hundred percent on it because I got so frustrated with it. And there's just things about it that that the same things about that that frustrate me in a normal point click adventure. Like there's no logical way you get from point a to point b in these games and they're almost designed to be to follow a guide with and i I didn't enjoy it so i kind of wanted to point that out um and i kind of just want to see if you had played it what you thought because i i didn't love that game but it's i'm sitting here looking at it on the playstation store thinking about doing it again They're really weird because, you know, part of the push for that was Annapurna, obviously, and, you know, they're just the publisher or whatever else, but they're more than 
Like that's fair enough to say about some publishers, but unfortunately they're more than that because they also fund a lot of studios and they bring and work with, you know, very small studios to, to fruition. And like their stuff is like, if you watch some of their films, like Kajillionaire and, and a few of the others, they, they're really divisive. You're either going to like it or you're going to go, this is fucking ridiculous. Um, there, there's no middle ground with a lot of their, their works. And I think their games have been fairly safe. Uh, if if you will, like they followed game structure, like the Artful Escape, they were behind as well, hugely behind, and that it plays like a game or whatever else. I think Twelve Minutes is perhaps what they're doing more with their films, which is sort of this niche noir art house experimental, and I don't think it worked there. And I think that's why a lot of people got frustrated with that game because they assumed, oh well, everything they touch is really good, you know. But everything they've made, you know, even Kentucky Route Zero, which was is a bit of a stretch for a game, a narrative. It's very good, but a stretch. They, they haven't made anything that quite like that, I don't think, yet. And I think that, you know, perhaps is more what they're... If you're used to their film, over, then you would be maybe less surprised. It doesn't mean it make, makes allowances for it, but they're, they're a progressive company. So I think, you know, not everything they make is going to, you know, into the future is going to get such a good reputation, particularly if you don't like, you know, the bizarre or maybe pushing the boundaries a little. Um, and of course, sometimes things like 12 minutes happen when you do that, it just doesn't work, especially gotcha. in, a, in a game, you know, a film you can get away with because a passive member can sit there. And even if they don't understand the film will continue. So to the point they can understand, but a game, it, as you say, there's no lateral way to get there. So it's an issue perhaps they're going to have to deal with once they move away from really strict narrative to in- incorporating more gameplay. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, now, since you mentioned film and games, it's only fair that we actually bring up some of these uh, visual novel, uh, not visual novel, Jesus, yes. uh, FMV good games. That, it, man, I, I, it's been a good year for me to buy them. I, I tell you that. <laughs> and I made the this the double-edged sword. It's not a mistake, but it's also not the best path is uh, getting my wife involved on these. <laughs> Because, like, now she's like, well, you can't play them without me. And then trying to get her in the mood to play these games with me is harder than trying to get her in the sack, if you know what I mean. <laughs> like, 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 so we started, so we played, I played Nightbook mm-hmm. with my, my kids. And that was a phenomenal experience. We had so much fun. And I think you had made the comment that was like a COVID game. Like you Mm. could tell that they had filmed and edited it and it was, but they did so good. And I don't know that anyone or everyone listening to this will go play Nightbook and enjoy it as much as I did. But to me, it was, it was, it nailed what it wanted to do. It had a little bit of the supernatural in it. It had some cool story paths, some interesting characters. They even brought in, you know, uh, a fairly large actor in there. And I, I really enjoyed it. And it just, for me, it hit at the right time. So then uh, I played She Sees Red, mm-hmm. which not as good, still enjoyable, um, the, a little easier to platinum than, than some of these games that I've played. Uh, but overall, an interesting game. And I, I, I'm, I'm very drawn to this genre. And then you had recommended I saw Black Clouds. So this time I played the first game with my you know nightbook with my with my children. Now I've played some of the old ones like the bunker or night shift, things like that. Um but I feel like those were a little more um point and clicky, at least the bunker was point and clicky, and you had to interact more. 
Mm. Whereas these others have relied more so on you just making the decisions mm. and letting the, the film play out. So then uh, I was like, well, let's do, I'll do, I saw black clouds with my wife. So we have beaten the game multiple times. We've done some of the different endings, the different routes. I think we've done three of them now. And we've only got a few more trophies to go. And but she doesn't want to move on to the next one until we 100% this one, which I think is amazing. The fact that I took a woman who rolled my eyes and told me I was a nerd for all the games I play and buy, more so for buying. And then now she's like, oh, no, we got 100% this before we can move on to the next thing, yeah. which I think is, is awesome. Isn't it uh, ironic? You're one of the biggest game buyers in America and you live with a completionist. It's a, it's a shocking. <laughs> She's going to be devastated like, when she realizes your profile is garbage. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, what's awesome is you and Rick both recommended uh, Bloodshore. Oh, it's wonderfully jammed. <laughs> when I read the premise to her, she was she started smiling. She's like, "Oh yeah, we're doing that." And I thought that was amazing. I'm like, "Here we go! I got her." So, all the things I played this year, the what's really hit. uh, indie wise what's really hitting um i guess home was was really being great here is is these fmv games and i mean i i purchased i think seven or eight of them like just like let's go buy all of them so anything that was uh i would click on a whales interactive game and i bought it i bought one wild one i hadn't played yet but it's uh and you might have played this and i actually want to pick your brain on it it's a Japanese FMV. Um, oh, let me go to my collection real quick. Let me pull up what I purchased. I know this is riveting audio here, but purchase date. Here we go. It like the trailer looks wild, and I can't remember the name of it. Uh, so I bought the shape shifting detective because you said that was a good one. Mm, mm. I haven't played that one yet. I'm I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself. Uh, I bought Bloodshore. Again, I haven't played that one yet. I, a Platinum She Sees Red. Good Lord, I bought a lot of games. I just keep scrolling through. <laughs> it's not um, <laughs> Death Comes True, is it? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah. So have you game, played that one yet? Yeah, I have. Interesting game. So it is It is a Japanese FMV that was localized. Uh, they, they bypassed the main con- well. I suppose Switch is mainstream. And it went to the Switch first, and it's been on the Switch for a few years, and it, it didn't look like it was coming across at all. So I played it on the Switch, uh, but it did come across like last year, I think, to PlayStation. I don't think it's on Xbox uh, yet. And it's – um, ha- have you played it yet or, or not No, yet? no, no. I, I'm, I'm, I could actually start it tomorrow, really. Yeah. So. Probably not one for your kids. Some of the the subject Definitely material. Definitely not one for her. <laughs> not one for her either. She won't do oh. anything crazy in Japanese, so – I think you'll like it because the horror, it's like, um, it's a bit of gore horror as well or whatever, but it's mixed with that Japanese, like, like one of the great things about playing any type of Japanese game is that you just never really know what's going to happen next. Like at any time, anything could happen in a, in a really good Japanese game. And this is the same way, like, you know, it's not a long game. It's like an hour. I think it takes for one run or something, probably less uh, than that. Or whatever, but there's a bit of divergence within the story. But it's uh, it's sort of um, uh, like it's a bit surreal as well. Like it's uh, like uh, did you watch um? It's it's a poor analogy, but that Korean um Squid Game. I don't know if you watched that. No, I watched um a Korean film called Parasite. I believe. Ah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was it's similar. Similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that sort of quirkiness. Um, 
or whatever else. It looks a little bit of idol culture and pop culture within Japan as well, uh, touches on that. So it's definitely worth playing. It's different um, to the, the Wales one. Well, it's downloading now. And actually, I had it downloaded on my PlayStation 5 because I was going to play it a while back, but then decided to put all the FMV games on my PS4 <laughs> in my bedroom so that my wife and I could play them. And then now she doesn't want to move on until we complete 100% I saw Black Clouds, but she doesn't want to do a guide. So that, so here, th- this is how we're having to do things. We're cuddled up together in the bed. We're watching the, the game. I've got the controller in one hand, and then I've got my phone beside me <laughs> with the text guide brought up. Every so often, I'll just kind of glance at it. And then I may or may not let that influence the decisions that I suggest. And we just kind of go from there. So we've gotten several of the endings ourselves. Um, but so uh, there's a, a lot of those whales games I'll be playing with her. This one will not interest her at all. Um, so I, I know we're going to do Bloodshore next, and then I want to do The Wine. So I think you mm. told me you played that one as mm. well. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually played that yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll oh, okay, get to that cool. at the same time. But there you go, there you go. Yeah, so it's a, it's a solid. Yeah. I mean, this year's been amazing for the the FMVs, and it, it's funny you mentioned that I saw Black Clouds because I think out of all the FMVs I've played and played, I think all the console ones now. I know there's many more on PC. It's the first one that has a really a proper split narrative. A lot of the FMVs they funnel into roughly the same ending. Or, or you know, a slight divergence in the final set of scenes, whereas the the Black Cloud actually runs like from the middle, depending on your choices, like a four ending, so a complete split narrative, which I can make getting all the trophies a bit of a nightmare without a guide <laughs> for you. But I thought that was really good. I mean, it, it suffers unfortunately in that it was filmed in, I want to say German, but I could be wrong, and so, uh, the the dubbing was not good when I played it. Maybe it's better now, just how it is. But if, if you know. If that doesn't worry you or whatever else, I thought it was it was really quite good. There's some graphic scenes in it or whatever else, maybe more for adults. But I thought that's a good example of where this genre sort of is. And I think Nightbook is really good. It's a nice tight experience, as you said. It's like a good entry level FMV. Uh, Bloodshore, I like. Have you played Bloodshore yet or not? No, yet? not yet. It's, it's absurd. downloaded and ready to go. <laughs> it's a, we will. I, I look forward <laughs> to hearing one. Your wife will love it. You know, so it's a. It's a Perfect. real play on, you know, where we're at as a society. I think it's a bit of a loose FMV as to whether it's any good or not, but that's interesting. And then perhaps like out on that, you, you mentioned Death Comes True is a bit of a fringe one, but the other one I think you mentioned the other day to me, Dark Nights with Poe and Munro. And yes, this is so uh, Poe and Munro were first in the, the shape-shifting detective. A good FMV holds structure throughout the game. This one this one, uh, Linda and Tim Cowles, they they separated from Wales. They put these out themselves, and it's really evident that they have a different direction. The narrative is like uh, they're they're more interested in playing with the narrative, and there's uh, not always text options in this game, so movement options as well. So there's a bit more oh. to it. But the further you get on, the game gets weird, like really weird, and it's one of those things where you finish and you're like, uh, I'm not exactly sure what's going on here anymore. And I, for me, I thought perhaps it turned into a bit of a horror. And then I thought, well, I'm not even sure exactly what's happened at the end. So it's one of those games where you're like, no, not like you're left questioning, but I'm just like, there's so much here going on. I'm not really sure. So it's, it's a good FMV definitely, but it's like one you really have to concentrate and follow because the threads are, are quite diverse and not until you've played it multiple times uh, in the third act in particular, do you start to understand all the diverging paths? Um, there are different stories, but they all funnel into the one ending. 
which makes it difficult to understand the ending until you've seen all the paths, if that makes sense, uh, gotcha. even though you'll have cool. seen it. Yeah, so worth seeing, but it, it's I could see why people would not like that one compared to some of the others. So that was what was interesting about I Saw Black Clouds is whenever the first time we saw um, the two girls captured in the basement, mm. like we left, we left our friend, let them take her. And then we moved on and ran away. And we just thought they're like, wow, this is like a sex trafficking thing. Yeah. But then you go back and play it more and you find out that that's not the case at all. And so I thought that that was uh, it was very interesting, kind of the way it played out. And and we uh, we, we've enjoyed these. This has been this has been good for us. So. Uh, but unfortunately there's a new season of love Island out. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been hard, man. It's been hard to get, to get her to, to, to play. We, we, we've come across, it's so funny because my whole life, there are certain things that I've avoided the sound of music being the most predominant of the movie. I'll, I'll never see it. Gotcha. I, I dug my heels in, but one of the other things we, we missed out on was game of Thrones and never really held much interest, despite the fact that it's probably perfect series for a gamer or definitely a fantasy RPG or JRPG style gamer. And uh, we, we finally started it like a week ago. And I deliberately do not watch shows with my partner for the reason, Daryl, that you have to watch it together and be in the same yep. place, which means if you want to game for four hours and they want to watch it, then can't you know you have to come to a common ground or whatever which means you have to watch the tv instead so and you can't catch up or or go go back or forth so anyway we started to watch this together which is great it's like it's a great we won't go into it but it's great or whatever else but yeah i it's in the back of my mind like doing anything with because i'm lucky my partner hates games but enjoys tv so (laughs) but and tv (laughs) at a pace like you know like two episodes a night is enough and i'm like this is gonna take us fucking ever Dude, I made the biggest mistake of showing her that I had all these FMV games. Like, I was like, oh, babe, we could do this forever. Because my thing was like, let's get rid of the TV watching yeah. and let's get into TV interacting. And the thing, <laughs> like and it, it all stands the same for her. She's going to sit there with her, fo- her phone in her hand, playing on Facebook, texting her friends, and then she's going to ask me a thousand questions on what she missed when she looked away, and I'm going to be popping trophies. To me, it doesn't get any better than that. Maybe, right. maybe every now and again, I might get lucky and get a platinum. Mine out the gutter, mine out the gutter. Somebody's so, scoring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Where it counts. So if, I was like, this is great. And then, uh, and then now, this, uh, no, I can't, I can't, we can't move on. We didn't finish the last one. We didn't do everything. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's play it then. Well, no, no, no. I got, I got new episodes of The Bachelor, and there's a new season of Love Island out. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're killing me. So, but I'm sure it's so funny. We're we're detracting here. It's so funny though that like in gaming, I like to have like twenty, thirty games open at any time. Like you know, like playing in different sections. It doesn't bother me at all. Narrative, whatever. But in TV shows or books, I can only handle one at a time. My partner's the opposite. Is like he's got shows going that he hasn't watched since two years ago. That it's like halfway through in the Netflix, and you get I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" Oh, I'll pick it up. It's fine. You know, it's six books on the <laughs> side. I'm like, this drives me insane. Meanwhile, you know, you have all these games. It's so bizarre yeah. that different media you can be in different places. But oh, absolutely. That would drive uh, me insane. Your wife, yeah, it's the same thing. Oh my gosh. So this is what she does, right? So she sits there, she's watching one show. It ends, she goes to the next episode of the next show. It ends, and then I'm like, okay, good, finally, now it's my turn. Oh, no, 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 I've got to watch uh, Law & Order SVU and the Special Crimes Unit tie-in <laughs> show because i got to know what Elliot Stabler's doing whenever Olivia's doing this. I'm just like, yeah. 
you're killing, but the, all while not even watching the TV. Yeah. She's playing on her phone, but then I'm, I'm, and I'm judging her hard. I'm like, this is crazy. What are you doing? But then I go in my room and I've got the PlayStation going on. I've got the Vita in front of me for any time that I get in a, in a spot where, okay, this is happening. This is loading. This is whatever. And then I've got like a show going on my laptop. I'm, it's a guide on my phone or my iPad. So it's efficient. It's efficient. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but look, I'm going to tack on a couple of games because th- those I have those FMVs in my narrative category. I've only got three categories. So okay. you, you yeah. basically you attack them all. So the only other couple in that category I had um, that I don't think you would have heard of, but you might like, uh, Hitchhiker, a, a mystery game it's called. Uh, available mm-hmm. on everything or whatever else. It's really cool. It's it's a passive sort of game in that you you literally a hitchhiker. You're sitting in the seat and a different person. Uh, there's like I think six or chapters or something, and it's a different person driving the car and they have their story that you sort of learn. You know, they talk to you as you as you're riding. You can move things around the car, but predominantly it's about picking tech choices and listening to their story. And it starts off because you, you've got to play it in, you know, a linear fashion with the chapters. It starts off very normal, what you'd expect. But as the game goes on, they start to say things. It's like, you know, there'd be a pack of nuts on the, the, the seat and he'd be telling you about his son. And it's like, have, have some nuts. And then anyway, too. I notice you haven't had nuts. Have some nuts. And like, you know, these sort of things. And he's trying to poison you or whatever. Like there's all this weird shit going on as well. Uh, in the background, of course, we have the nuts. Something happens. And like this, but they get more and more macabre and more and more bizarre as they go on. These stories, about a three or four hour experience. Very easy. Um, I think it's a platinum, otherwise 100%. Very easy completion because you, you doesn't matter what text choices you make. So you can just enjoy the story. You, you get it. Um, story based but it's one of these games that starts off you're like oh yeah i know what this is and it just goes more and more sort of like you know against the grain i suppose i thought it, it was a great experience uh yeah, it's called hitchhiker mm, a mystery game yeah and then uh, oh, yeah. i have to throw a little life is strange uh, true colors i thought it was great we, we don't need to get into it but there is a really good the new one is good uh, not necessarily to play the other ones uh but more in line with number two which i know you're not a big fan of so perhaps not not uh, a game for you if they say hella a bunch, I'm in. <laughs> you're on the right track. But the last one, and uh, I want to ask you about this because I think you're going to play it. I know you've had a lot of trouble, I think, with Amazon in acquiring this game or something. I think it was this one. <laughs> but uh, Dark Pictures Anthology, House of Ashes. Did you yes. get to it yet? I have it. I, no, no. I'm trying to line it up to where I play it right before we do our deep dive. That was supposed to be our December deep dive. And then, you know, I didn't have my copy until December started. And so I got it, but then Kalai was going to be out the entire month. She would be the person that I'm doing the deep dive with. So Mm. that one's going to be in January. So that's going to be happening in January for sure. Well, I I look forward to that because I I mean, I know you like those series anyway. They're good. They're good. And um, oh, yeah, I I really do enjoy this. This is a little different. But the reason I want to indulge here a little bit with this game, um, so I decided you know, to self-gift myself for Christmas. Because, Daryl, when you don't have children and you're in your 40s, you have to self-gift because nobody else does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I bought this, uh, I thought it's time for a nice gaming chair. And, uh, like, I was like, well, I don't know, you know, what I want. And, like, the price range is huge in chairs. You can get from, you know, nothing to ridiculous. And I was like, well, yep. I don't, I want something that's, you know, lasts more than a year and it's, you know, solid or whatever else. And so I had no idea and whatever else. So we went out to this this game shop out in the West that sort of sells peripherals and chairs and all this sort of shit. And the guy was like, he could tell a Mark had walked into the store, obviously. And he's really good. He's like, so these are your basic chairs, but you don't need something like this. You need this chair as a number one. And I'm like, 
clearly I do. And anyway, but also the chairs are like a total wank fest gimmick, so I had to have it. And so it's it's a really nice chair. It's an X racer, I think they're called X rocker. I should say sorry. Um, so it's a nice chair, solid or whatever else, you know, um, fixed base or whatever else. But the real the real catch of this chair, Daryl, is it's that it's Bluetooth and you plug it into the wall. It has speakers underneath and speakers behind your head in the chair oh, and amazing. the chair vibrates now i'm not sure how it syncs up with the game but it does because i have it running bluetooth through the tv not the system so you, you can and i was playing this dark pictures and every time there's a jump scare the chair starts shaking it's fucking <laughs> awesome and uh and then just randomly too like you can be playing a game like uh, assassins nothing's happening and the chair will start shaking so it's wonderful experience and i, I highly recommend if you just you know want to blast some money away for a joke but you know, and fun. These X rockers. I'm, you know, I'm sure they're they're um probably everywhere in the US I think, where they're made or whatever. But yeah, it's really it's a it's a really good thing. And I never thought like I thought it would be a gimmick jokes aside. But it, for those sort of games, it's really immersive having the sound come right from behind your head and underneath you as well, like a cinema. So it's very That's cool what experience. I mean. Yeah, you should definitely look. You've got everything else. You might as well get one of these <laughs> as well. <laughs> So in the uh, the area that I play predominantly, my PS5 is it's in this little open area upstairs, but it's not like a, it's not the size of a full room. As a matter of fact, I measured the entire upstairs today because I'm going to get new flooring, and I was like, well, you know, I got to I got to figure my square footage. So I I did the math, and my little area that I'm in is actually smaller than the smallest bedroom in the house, which is fine because the I bought a creative um computer i uh sound system mm-hmm. right but i have it ran into my playstation and stuff and it's got a little eight inch subwoofer and it sits right up against the wall and so mm-hmm. it vibrates the wall so when i'm playing i'm the, the the area that i'm in is is more narrow that it's it's kind of long and narrow and so whenever there's a lot of bass and a lot of like explosions and in and, and vibrations whatever it it like resonates in this little cove that i'm in and so i'm like this is the perfect spot for gaming because like the sound is just like it's 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 amazing in here yeah and uh so that's what i need i just need to add that to my to my arsenal a vibrating chair so that, you, like, you, I do. Can... you do you're sort of holding on you're going shit i'm riding the game and the chair it's wonderful it's there a wonderful, you go yeah. wonderful experience i don't want to leave over here no, i don't i don't but you know the funny thing is i've used it twice plugged in and now i look at it and go i don't, I don't think i'm going to plug you in today just in case so, so, <laughs> but it works fine plug, plug it, not plug. it's it's um yeah it's a good one a good i think it'll be good for if i ever get the balls to go back to resident evil 8 forward to it <laughs> well, the good thing about that one is it opens up and it gets more action based. So mm. um, you don't have to be scared forever. Now, Resident <laughs> Evil 7, eh, yeah, that one, that one stays pretty much on par for where you, how you start. <laughs> that, that is true. Now, look, my next category I'll whip through because I know you have no interest in this at all, but I obviously spend. I, like, I seem to oscillate. Like, it's every second year I get back into racing games in a big way. And I think because we had more time this year, I spent a shitload of time. In uh, in racing games, although I know you've been recently playing Wreckfest, uh, 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 you'll be you'll be surprised my yeah. my amount the amount of racing games I'm playing right now. Now I want to ask you first about that. Just a trophy question. Why not? Uh, did you boost those twenty online wins, sir? Um, no, actually. Oh, you got a bit uh, skill. N- well, I'm playing with my kids, so oh, okay. we're just we just played online together. So, oh, you're um, not playing general. Okay. 
No, no, no. So basically what we're doing is we got online and I don't, I'm assuming I have that trophy. Let me look. I thought you um, did. <laughs> I, I, it's very possible. So I've got uh, reach rank 10, collect the vehicles, regional juniors champion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Win 20 multiplayer events. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I, I did that one naturally with my kids because I'm playing on PS5, but I'm playing the PS4 version because mm-hmm. I'm going to do the PS5 version next. And uh, my oldest is playing on his PS5, and that's my primary. And then my youngest, he's playing on his PS4, but that's also my primary. So we're all three playing the same digital copy of it. As long as I'm the primary on both those two consoles, they can access my library. So a nice little little hack there, guys, if you're listening. Um, so we're playing it together. So we've been doing like just destruction derbies, like crazy, (laughs) just having a good time and, uh, playing as the bus playing. I bought a bunch of the DLC, but yeah, we've been playing. I'm actually playing Wreckfest as we're talking right now. So Ah, having a good time. Okay. Okay. Well, look, as I said, I whipped through these, but maybe we'll touch on one of them because one of them, I think might interest you perhaps. perhaps. Okay. Uh, so, so I've only got one word for most of these games or to bore your audience either. So art of rally is a yes. Dirt five is a maybe NASCAR 21 ignition is a definite no yield. Don't do it. Game is fucking dreadful. Uh, virtual surfing is interesting. Ride four is too hard. Uh, WRC 10 is the best racing game I've played this year. Gear Club Unlimited 2, the Switch, is the most content I've played this year, which is a surprise. Riders Republic is the most interesting uh, and surprising game I've played this year, perhaps the most fun, if not the best. Forza Horizon 5, the most overrated, unfortunately. I think it's a wonderful... What? Well, it's a wonderful if you don't play Forza games, but they're all the same, unfortunately. Like, the, like it's a really good game, don't get me wrong. But the, the, the problem with Horizon games are that they're good when they come out, they're way better in two years when all the rest of the contents come out as well. Gotcha. And that's what will happen with that game. So... Normally, I put in like 30 hours, which I've done. I've finished everything, loosely everything um, already. And then I'll come back in two years. I'll probably spend another 100 hours because there'll be so much more stuff added uh, as the game goes. So it's really good. You know, nothing wrong with it. But it's, I noticed IGN gave it their game of the year. And I was like, well, it's a big call this year. But some of the stuff has come out. But it is whatever. But the one that I wanted to mention is this Hot Wheels Unleashed, uh, the Micro Machines game by milestone always a dicey racing game um publisher and developer but the reason i want to bring it up is like it's, it's a ridiculously fun game that actually is a lot harder than i was expecting the plat will be quite the challenge but they brought out this wonderful uh, dlc uh, it's all batman you get batman cars what? all the characters you can drive a batman cars joker cars uh woman or uh, harley quinn car all this stuff and then they've put this little themed i think there's like 12 or 13 races in the batman little world as well uh, as micro machine so it's yeah, actually i'm gonna have to do that it's a good yeah i mean you can get through it the time trials are really tough so if you're looking for a challenging racing platinum there's definitely some challenge there's some grind and you don't need to be worried by the microtransactions because you don't have to participate to play the game or the, or the platinum but it's actually a surprisingly good game uh, and it's not i think it's like a half price game uh so perhaps my best racing game my wish my wish list is getting bigger and bigger today yeah yeah it's i you'll love it for the batman stuff i think absolutely <laughs> you might you might i don't i think that writers republic i don't know i don't think you probably played steep uh the i did yeah 
Anaheim or wherever it was, the Ubisoft uh, studio that did that one. This is like, if you like steep, you're going to love this game. It's like steep with the skiing, the snowboarding, the rocket wings, plus adding BMX, plus adding some other crazy shit. The wingsuit is back. It's and it's a it's an evolved thing. Like Ubi, whether you like them or not, they do these sort of open world games incredibly well. And the matchmaking is really good. You can do races with up to 65 people, which is just carnage, um, as you can imagine, uh, or whatever else. And it's one of these rare games that's cross-platform, so you can play with, well, cross-platform with PS5 and PC, um, Xbox PC. So there's always plenty of players uh, to get the matches started. Yeah, it's quite, yeah. That's good. That's good. Do you have any other racing games you want to call out? Because no, I've got a few. No, that that was basically all of them. Yeah. <laughs> what have you got? I'm interested. Well, like you said, I, I go through years where I, I might not play a racing game for two or three years, and then I'll just be like, oh, that's what I'm into right now. So uh, RegFest has been the mainstay. We, My boys and I have had a blast with RegFest. That's a definite platinum. Um, then I'll turn around and I'll go for the platinum on PS5 as well. I don't know. I don't know if it auto pops and I kind of don't want to find out because I'll be very tempted to do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've been, I've gone back actually back in time and been, I, uh, my son, oddly enough, came out the other day. He goes, Hey, can I download need for speed payback? I'm like, yeah, hundred percent. I was like, play all the need for speeds. They're great. We ended up settling on Wreckfest instead, but then I was like, man, I haven't, I haven't played Need for Speed and shout out to Gareth. He's been uh, our team captain for GTTSC. He was like, hey, if you want to do the Need for Speed most wanted um, trophies on the Vita, I'll uh, boost them with you. I was like, absolutely. But unfortunately, I lost my game save when my memory card died. So I had to start the game over and I'm enjoying it. I'm like, I've got uh, actually, I got a grip for my Vita and some new um, new little uh, thumbstick covers and it's like a brand new machine and so uh i've been i've been chipping away at some need for speed most wanted on the vita i thoroughly enjoy that game i think it's great uh but the next racing game that i've been playing that probably took me by surprise would and i really hate that i waited this long but is mod nation racer uh road trip for the vita wow that's an old one yeah 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 i don't know if you've ever played any of the mod nation racer games but it's good it's 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 very enjoyable it's got some of the best drift mechanics out of uh any of the racing games i've played recently and essentially <laughs> i just drift the whole match i mean the whole race it's, and uh, i've been playing it on my brakes and uh, granted the platinum's unattainable now because of the online trophies being shut down but i've been chipping away at it and i'm having a great time i've gotten some decent you know some decent trophies off of it. Granted the more rare stuff I won't be able to get because of the, they're attached to the online, but uh, I've been, I've been playing, you know, those three racing games pretty consistently. And I did download need for speed payback because I'm going to, I'm going to jump into that one here soon as well. So um, I just, I've really enjoyed them. And granted, I haven't tried Forza horizons out. Uh, I tend to lean towards the more arcadey stuff granted i know horizons is the more arcadey of the two uh but everyone said that one was really good so i was like yeah i'll, I'll give it a whirl although i haven't jumped into it yet yeah it's, it's definitely it's definitely worth a look and it's like a, i think what they release like it's clever you know they, they release the game or whatever and they're gonna it's the game of service in a way that doesn't cost more but you're gonna add more content with expansions and well they will cost more but 
you know, things right. will come down. They have a, you know, a car racing pass. You buy that, you get more cars over time. So it's an overtime game that will will fill out. But yeah, it's good. It's sort of, it's like, it's like a racing game for people that don't play racing games. And it, it's very clever, you know, because the majority of people don't play racing games. So that that's the game you should be making. But it's so funny, ra- the reason, like, I don't know why you drop in and out of racing games, but the reason I do is that I get to the end of the year and I'm like, shit, I spent a lot of time playing racing games this year because when you play like like in between sim and um, arcade, like because I don't like full sim uh, either, it's all good while things are going well until you hit a wall, whether it be a time trial or a difficult event or whatever else, and that can suck up serious time. And you don't realize at the time because you're like, oh, just one more lap, one more lap, one more lap, four hours, like, oh, fuck this. And, you know, I've made no <laughs> progress. And so, you know, next week I come back for an hour. And they can suck up a lot of time. Like these Hot Wheels have sucked up a ton of time for me, which is fun or whatever. But you don't, like if you were playing a narrative game, you'd realize, I think. But these racing games, they do that. You know, they just suck up that that time. In a fun way, but I think you need to. That's for me why I stop every year or so and go, okay, no more racing games for a while because you just, you know, you're putting fifty or sixty hours into this thing, you know, as well, which you don't, you don't realize. <laughs> you know, I pl- I used to play all the racing games as they came out. The different Need for Speed Undergrounds, Project Gotham Racing. I dabbled in a little Gran Turismo, but those were always too, um, just too much for me. I even actually played my first NASCAR game was on the PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, at my aunt and my uncle's house, they would they had NASCAR like 2000, I think it was, and it was the greatest racing game in the world because you could turn around backwards, <laughs> and then you could just wreck all the cars. Yeah, and it was so much fun. And it was one of those things where they didn't dock you; it just you get a little emblem that says, "Hey, you're going the wrong way. Hey, you're going the wrong way." And so I would just pl- hours and hours of just going through and wrecking wrecking cars. I had a blast, and. I don't know. These past few years, I just, I, 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 the Need for Speed reboot, I think it was the one that had a lot of the FMV acting in it and stuff. Mm-hmm. You remember, you remember that one? Mm-hmm. That was the last racing game I played. And I was like, this is cringe. I thought that the acting in it was really bad. And I, I, I thought it was just a lot of the racing games got into um, this open world aspect. And I kind of wanted a little more structure. I, I kind of want to be like, mm. you know, let me just go and do, like, I love the burnout games, uh, burnout paradise, burnout revenge was really my favorite, but, but those games were cool. You give me an objective. Let me go do the race. Let me go do the wrecking. You know, let me, let me crash people or whatever. And that was a lot of fun. So I don't know. I've just been on a little bit of a hiatus and now it's, it's just kind of clicked. It's like, oh man, this is, this is this is good. And what's been really cool for me is like, as I've been doing these study sessions, um, I have these like hours, like three hour long, uh, videos that I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and they're, they're pop quizzes. It's like, okay, we're going to go over this, 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 and this. And <clears throat> I, I don't have to physically do anything, but just answer questions. So I'm playing, I'm putting on a race in the mm-hmm. background and I'm uh, answering questions and, and granted, I'm not actually live interacting with them these are all pre-recorded so it's like you know what am i going to do with my hands yeah i'm, I'm just going to play racing so it's been they're hitting at the right time for me and, and that's been probably the theme for me this year and i said this on the last podcast as we talked about game of the year stuff and this year things have spoke to me on a different level past just trophy hunting past enjoyment it's been like i'm doing that those two things and 
right time, right place. So, you know, it's funny because you're like, oh, you might not be down with the the racing stuff. And I'm like, oh, actually, <laughs> I'm just getting started because like I'm I'm getting kind of primed up, warmed up, mm. back to the swing of them. So, yeah, but you're right. It's like you know, they're a distraction for your hands, and and you can yeah. do it. That. Yeah, it's it's funny though the racing. Like I don't want. To, I thought this would be the category we talk least about, so I won't, I won't detract us. But <laughs> it's funny talking to a lot of the hardcore racing people and. Like over the last few years, a lot of the big racing games have become difficult platinums. Well, well, not difficult platinums. They've become very long platinums for meaningless grind. Like, you know, reach level 15 online, which is hugely variable on other people playing online, hitting you, you know, or driving, you know, the circumference of the world, like grid, like ridiculous trophies that aren't about skill. They're just about time. And finding that balance in a game where, you know, people can come and play at the, you know, just like have a bit of fun with racing games versus, you know, the the time that you want to get a bit of value for your money, but you also want a difficulty progression. And I'm not talking about like, you just make the game play on the harder settings. You know, it has to have like some sort of a level. And obviously, you know, there's going to be no game that will cover everybody, but it's funny, like like Ride 4, for example, which majority of your, your audience won't probably play, even though they maybe played Ride 1, 2, or 3. If they do play 4, they're in for a shock because for some reason they decided to up the difficulty from the beginning. And so so there's a lot of content in that game, but the Platinum is much more about skill than it is about just sitting on your ass and moving the controller for long periods of time. And the skill in that game, unfortunately, is not something you can, like it's right from the beginning and it's not something you can learn in the game, you'd almost have to, you know, have someone talk you through the track or talk you through accelerating Apex or hopefully you've played games before or maybe you could watch videos, I'm not sure, just to pick up how to drive these bikes, you know, and the angles and all this stuff. And the problem with that is, you know, it's really good for those people that want the extreme, but it locks the majority of people out of the content. And, you know, without going down a track, the WRC, and I know this is only an issue maybe for people that want Platinums, but also if you want to experience the content of the game, it's an issue. But uh, WRC 10, like you can do everything's fine. The creates good, handles wonderfully. They have this awesome legends mode in it that goes from the, you know, the early rallies in 1975 right through to current day. And it puts you in situations that have happened in real life, gives you the story, and then you have to do what the driver did. And they're so difficult. The times are so narrow that you can't get past the third event of 30 unless you're some sort of god. And it's just this balance is really tricky in racing games more so than any other genre. I find that, you know, it's either way too easy, it's way too difficult, or it's in the middle, but all you're doing is just spending a shitload of time because that's what they figured will just make the requirements lots of distance. So it's a hard, it's a really hard one to find, you know, the, the answer to, I suppose. And I, I fear that it turns a lot of people off the genre too. Yeah, I think that um, for me right now, I'm definitely leaning towards the easier games, mm. and I think that that's 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 hitting a good spot. So I, I kind of want to progress, maybe to something a little more challenging after I knock these out. But I don't want to get into something that's going to frustrate me because yeah, the whole point is I just kind of want to drive and enjoy it. That's right. And uh, I think what really got my uh, got me interested into playing racing games again was the driving in Agents of Mayhem. Yeah. Like, it's good. It's it's not bad. There's no real long spots to for you to drive and, and enjoy yourself. And then, so I went back and played some Saints Row, which also has fairly good driving in it. I'm like, man, this is, this is cool. And I've had some stories I've told on the show before where, like, a certain song kicks in, and then you're driving on a long stretch, and you're just really feeling it, and it's really enjoyable. 
And then, of course, jumping into Wreckfest and having fun. And so now, all of a sudden, all the pieces have kind of aligned themselves to where I'm like, yeah, this is this is what I want to do right now. Uh, I, I don't actually want to do much else. I, there's this. This is perfect for me in what I've got going on. So, um, very very much enjoying it. I, I think maybe we should transition to open world because I know you've been playing a few, but it, it's funny you mentioned oh, yeah. that because uh, that, and I know there's people that are like Ubisoft, I hate these open world games, but probably my my best gaming moment this year, and it's been a wonderful year for games for, for me, myself, but the best gaming moment was earlier in the year and I was playing Watchdog Legions and I was in a car and the radio station was on and I accidentally, like I was trying to, you're trying not to set off the, the security or whatever because then they chase you. It's just the night hassle. It takes longer. And I clipped the guy by mistake and I ended up with all these people following me. So it's hard to get away from people in that game. So I had this procession of like eight cars behind me and I'm trying to get away. And on the radio comes Fuck You by Lily Allen. And I was like, how <laughs> awesome is this? You know, like the shit going everywhere. I'm hitting things. I'm swearing at the thing. And I was like, this, like it's just a freak moment, obviously not programmed, like whatever the rotation of the radio is right. to be. And I was like, this is wonderful. This is why you play games, moments like this. But <laughs> it's... uh. Well- Oh, it was great. Keeping on that that theme of open world and still on a vehicle, I had a moment like that. Um, not as, as that, not that big fu moment, but like a the song came on at just the right time. The setting was good. Playing on um, Days Gone, mm. so just just riding the bike and the song comes on. I think actually it doesn't come on the radio. It's actually like a scripted section of the game. But as you're transitioning from the main area that you start in um to the mountains did you play much days gone uh, look no that's on my list to play i haven't played it at all okay so um the first eight hours or so is fine uh, but the the game really picks up probably realistically 10 to 20 hours into it and i don't like when people say stuff like that like it, to me that's like your game shouldn't take that long but if you like Grand Theft Auto with zombies, then that's pretty much what Days Gone is yeah. until the narrative really kicks in later in the game. And the narrative kicks in later in the game because they really want you to spend a lot of time in solitude, kind of doing things and give you kind of remove your hope that you're ever going to find the people that you're looking for. Mm. Like you spend so much time like not finding who you think you're looking for that like you start to forget that that's even a thing. And then it comes in and it works. And there's a scene where the song slowly comes in and it's building emotion. It's building uh ambience and stuff. And you're, you're going through these trails. You've got the sun you know, rising and setting. And it is just one of those moments. I was like, yes, this is hitting on all cylinders this is really really good um and and i i just it was great it was like one of those things where it's like this was honestly it's one of the standout moments of that game that i'll i may never forget like it's it's (laughs) that game i've spent like 40 hours just on the main campaign and and all in a week (laughs) that that's the attraction of like the good open world game and i know a lot of people shy away from it when you talk about 50 plus hour games but if it's done well it will start slowly because it needs to like the the hook of those games if you don't play them and you're like that's they're insane but you you perhaps you don't understand the hook that that you know or the trap i suppose for many people that get into it but 
The trap of those games is that you start off weak and you become powerful. And you by the 50 to 6 hour mark, you become very powerful, but the game doesn't end. That's where the real hook is. So now you're there might be things that can still kill you. There might be difficult things, but you're very powerful within the world. And you're going to be very powerful for the next 50 or 60 hours. And that's the hook, you know, that you, you've put time in to build yourself up to that position. And it's not ended. Like most games you play, linear games, you build your strength, your add abilities as you go. And by the time you've got everything, the game's over, you know, and it's like, oh, well, what happens now? Maybe new game plus. But these games, you know, they, you're progressing yourself to a point that you can, you can almost do anything in the world. You're in control of it, I suppose. It's like God complex or something. And I think if you find one that jives with you, then it's incre- incredibly addictive or whatever else. But but it's more powerful than any other sort of game you're going to play because you're, you're almost, like you said, you can make your own stories within the world, you know, and, and you almost feel like you're shaping the world, which is a bizarre thing to say on, on a fixed system, you know, fixed game or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, it's got that, that sense of investment. And I don't know, I, like, I, like I always hear people go, oh, the ideal game is around 20 hours. I think many games are way too long. But there are, there are many games that are 50 hours that if they'd have just done that and then added the next 50, would have been amazing but maybe too long for some people but it's that that feeling you want to capture and it it's a reverse feeling too because i'm like i started playing valhalla again and i thought it was amazing on the xbox i've gone back to play it on the ps5 and you know a story of a game that's had all the content out now some more coming next year but a ton of content so well streamlined and i can see myself spending another 200 hours over time in this world and it's just just because you're 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 slowly building your character up. I'll reach a point where it stops, and then you just you know you can take on anything and in any way. And I think uh, it's wonderful, like that type of thing. Maybe similar to Days Gone, I suppose. It's I, I don't know that Days Gone is as good as Valhalla. I haven't opened my copy of Valhalla yet, but uh, it, it was good. I, I and it hit for me at the right time. I had COVID. I was mm. stuck in my room. Like my wife was playing by the rules and making me quarantine. And yeah, after four days I was, you know, relatively fine. I mean, granted I was, I was tired, but I mean, that's just, I mean, I played a lot of video games that week, that 10 days. And, and it was perfect for that game because I was able to dig into it and enjoy the story very, very consistently because that's all I did for a couple of days. And, and, and for me, I don't know that I ever would have finished that game. Had it not been for that. And I am very grateful for being able to put in the time because it was a great story. It was a good game. Yeah. So I I, I definitely, um, it was good. I highly recommend it. It's not Sony's best game, but it's definitely not their worst game. So I thought it was cool. Yeah. It's Um, it's hard because they're so long, as you say. So if you're only going to play one a year, which one do you play? And then by the time you realize it's not the one you wanted, you put 20 hours in. So what do you do now? Yeah. You know? It's well, true. on the on the subject of these big open world games, uh, and I've mentioned this on the show, but I am playing Mafia: The Definitive Edition. Excellent! It is so so good. Like, and I've I've played and beat the original, and so going into this, there's certain everything looks so good, and it's been so many years. I'm so far removed. I don't really remember it, but there's definitely sections when I get to it. I'm like, ah. I remember this. I remember this turn. I remember this area. I remember I'm going to have to come back here more than once in this game. And it is so, so incredibly good. The voice acting is really well done. The story, the way it's being told, 
even the chapters as they're being told, not even they're not narrated, but they're guided through a conversation between two people. And then you go and you do those sections. And it's just, it's so good. It's one of these games that like I've been, I've, I've played, I think I did four missions today, three or four missions today. And Ooh, not true. I did one, two, three, four. I did four missions today. I did four missions a few days ago, a few days before that. And it's just, it's so, it's so enjoyable. And they did so many things right on this game. Like obviously giving it a touch up and a fresh, you know, a, a facelift and is, is good. But like even the collectibles that naturally show up on the map is so, that's so cool. Like it's, it's not frustrating to go look for them. I'm not worried about like, oh, it's this big open world game. There's all these collectibles. Am I going to miss them all? Like if you get near one, it'll pop up on your map. And I think that's awesome. And the fact that it allows you to skip the driving in between missions, I don't remember the original doing that. It's possible that it did, but that is so cool because for the most part, I enjoy driving from point A to point B in my games. Hmm. This game, there's some narrative and some world building in between the missions, like like going from point A to point B, if you have another character with you, sometimes you don't. And sometimes you have to drive over here to have a conversation, to drive over here to have a conversation. And the fact that like it respects my time so much that I'm allowed to, I'm just going to skip the driving part from here to here, and it's going to put me right where I need to be. It's just, it's it's so, I'm, this game is clicking. It's really clicking for me. It, it it's a game that like oozes style as well, like graphically yes. everything. There, it's like they go to that. It's like you play a game, open world game, and they're reading a letter, and it's just squiggles. You know, you see that, and you're like, oh, it's whatever. It's a game, but then they go the extra step, and they actually write the article in the magazine that's on the counter yes. that you may or may never read, but it's there if you want to. You know, the radio is playing, you know, period song, and like it's. Yeah, it's those little touches that whether you notice them or not, they add to the whole experience. That game, it, yeah. It, the, the problem with that game is it's so good, though, Daryl, that then you go, okay, well, I want to play two, and I've got to play the old two, and then I've got to play yeah. three, which is a <laughs> devastating f- fire truck of a mess. You know, so it's such a shame that, yeah, the, the other two aren't, well, they never, you know, maybe they'll remake two eventually because it's a very good game, but three, I'm not sure what they can say about. Well, yeah, they did the they did a definitive edition of two, which is essentially just a remaster, yeah, a facelift. Cool. So I don't know, but I remember playing part two. I don't think I finished that one. I, I've been going back and forth with myself on whether or not I beat that one on Xbox 360. So I will definitely be playing it. And again, next year I'm gonna be getting a lot of these games knocked out. So uh it's definitely I definitely want to follow up with mafia with another mafia game but it also got me wanting to watch some mafia shows or watching some mafia movies and so i started the sopranos the other night and then stopped i was like i don't know this is what i'm looking for i think i need to go farther back maybe some godfather or some scarface something you know something a little farther but uh i, I put on the first episode of sopranos and i was like eh, not the time frame i'm looking for so i stopped it's hard, isn't it? It's that, that thing of finding the right one. To, yeah, yeah, because you can't, as much as I wish, I wish I could be in front of a video game all the time, but I can't. No. So then whenever I'm like, well, what can I do in the time that I'm not in a game, it still kind of reminds me of the experience that I'm going with. And that's kind of what I was looking for, but unfortunately I hadn't found that yet. So. 
Well, that, that, that sounds good. The only other one, I played quite a few open world this year. I played, uh, I don't know if you ever got to it, the Ghost Recon Breakpoint. It fixed no, not yet. much better now. Um, I really enjoyed that. Another game where you get stronger, uh, more competent as you go. I thought it was great. Far Cry 6 for me is not, I don't know what's going on with that series. Far Cry 6 is Far Cry 4, but it's like the serious man's Far Cry 4. They've taken out all the craziness. And it's just, ah. it's more of like a shooting, you know, serious shooter. I don't know. And like, I really like Five. So I have nothing wrong. You know, Five was my favorite. So I like the way the series was going. I like the open world nature of it. But I just, I don't know. It doesn't gel with me. But then I assume that's the same people with Valhalla. Cause I've heard that they don't like, you know, the style. It's too space. So I think it's, you know, Horses for Courses. still a good, good game or whatever. But they're, they're my open worlders. Did you have any other one? Well, I, I did, um, but I kind of wanted to touch on Far Cry for a minute. Yeah. I I didn't buy six yet because I didn't play five or um, New Dawn. Mm-hmm. I bought both of those, but I just like, unfortunately, with Far Cry, it's very in a time. Like it's, it's very, I played Far Cry 3, absolutely loved it. Went through and got the platinum, had a blast. Put in Far Cry 4. Had a really no, excuse me, I lied. I I played Far Cry. Um, oh, what's the what's the prehistoric one? Oh, um, yes, uh, with the language. Yeah, yeah. What's it called? The Primal. I played Far Cry Primal. Absolutely loved it. Played it. Platinumed it. Put in Far Cry Four. Played. I don't know forty percent, and then just stopped. And I bought five because i was like oh, i'm gonna do this i'm gonna i'm gonna beat this game I'm, but i i just i i hadn't got that far yeah i've got 26 of the 58 trophies so i've got 42 percent of the base game and i just uh, i don't know man i just i just didn't finish it it just hadn't that one wasn't grabbing me um but five looked like it was going to have the best story yeah but I just, I just hadn't finished that one. Five, five's an awkward one because the story's split. I can see why people didn't like it. Split sort of three different ways, and then an overarching, overarching story. And then also the platinum is awkward because they incorporated the multiplayer arcade into it as well, which is dicey. Mm. The whole thing is a bit. I oh, like. I really enjoyed it. I thought that it had the craziness. I just think that they they lean on that uh, Esperito guy, the Breaking Bad Chicken Man, or whatever, hugely uh, Gus in six, and it's it's, it's not in it much. And, I don't know. It's too serious. I think for that series. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that if you do a lot of the side content, you get more of him. Like it's not just main campaign stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely going to finish it. uh, I think, but it's just it's so funny because I sort of started like Valhalla, Far Cry Six, and the new expansion for Final Fantasy Fourteen Endwalker all in the same week, and I thought I am only going to be playing one of these at this point, so I'll start (laughs) all three, and whichever one grabs me, and I was. Sure, it would be 14 because I love that game. And I was like, you know, I need this game to sit with me for a while. And it turned out to be Valhalla, the, the oldest of the, the three. So, you know, horses, just whichever one you like, I think that's fine. But. Yep. Uh, uh, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. As I'm glancing back through, I played a, ha- a good handful of single player narrative games, you know, focus mm-hmm. games. Resident Evil 8 isn't really open world, even though it has some open sections to it, but it's definitely not what you'd consider an open world game. So I think that's really it for me. I think everything else from this point on is pretty straightforward stuff. Well, if I can beg your indulgence, I know it's getting very late there. So if you want to 
Oh, you're good, man. Pull the pin. But if I can beg your indulgence, the my favorite category of games, so I have to throw in one or two, is the, and I know you don't play these at all. So. <laughs> and no, it's not the titty anime games, although they may fall into this category. <laughs> although actually you do play those now, don't you? Uh, whoa, so, whoa, so you whoa, could whoa, mention whoa. that. Uh, but is the is the JRPG uh, or whatever else? And so I just run through. I played a lot of JRPG this year, but predominantly because of the time. Um, the the COVID time, you had so much more time, and I I know you're a you're a sacred symbols listener, and I remember a couple of years ago that Colin Moriarty was like having a crisis of faith in games, and and yes. what he was playing, and he's like, I need to play one JRPG a month, or I should play one JRPG yep. a month, and I started doing that last year, and it's it's a commitment, but it's definitely doable uh, if you want it to be, and so I sort of the my notable ones for this year, I suppose, and I know some of your listeners are playing them, are the I played a you. Who's a Kwame, Kwame 2, and Like a Dragon, all within the space of about a month and a half, which probably don't advise. That's a lot, a lot of Yakuza, but they're <laughs> amazing, amazing games if you like, like those. And perhaps the most mainstream of, of JRPGs. All the others are pretty extreme. So if you don't like uh, JRPGs, stop, avert your, your ears now. But I played Lost Judgment, which is the spin off to um the yakuza series which i think again if you didn't want to play the yakuza and you wanted to play uh judgment and lost judgment you'd have to play them in that order uh the the order they're intended wonderful games and lost judgment one of the rare jrpgs that's clever enough to hide all the side content away from the main story a lot of jrpgs gate the the main story behind leveling and side content so you get sucked into you know five hours of ten hours of doing this thing before you can go back to the story uh this game doesn't do that you can play the whole story and never touch that if you want or touch it or do it at the end, whatever you want. So it's a very respectful of your, your time, which is unusual in this category. And then uh, I play Tales of Bazaria, which is extreme. Still not sure how I feel about that. Tales of Arise, <laughs> which I know a few of your people are talking about. I know this game, people love to say they're playing Tales of Arise and that's where they stop. They don't actually talk about it because they put in like 10 hours and they don't know what's, you know, they've hardly even scratched the surface, right. 100 plus hours. But it's, it's, um, it's so funny this game is getting mainstream love because these are like fringe, for me, these are like fringe JRPGs and they're, they're grindy, they're slow, the, the combat is a bit janky, it relies on skits and a lot of reading. There's not a lot of voice stuff or in this one. And like the it's very jpg the leveling the character relations which is awesome if you love these games but a, a bit of a turnoff i would have thought if you didn't but people seem to be loving it so i'll be interested to see how joe goes with that if he uh if he does yep. manage to get there uh, yeah he, he's, he's definitely committed to that one he actually uh he was pledged on patreon yes to to <laughs> knock out that one. well so. i thought he would like that one it's a it's a good one absolutely yeah. okay he's actually uh he's just he said he's gonna wait on a deal pick it up yeah, on the deal because he and he said he's going to burn right through it as soon as he gets it. See, I'm like a confession. I bought that on the Xbox. And then, uh, you know, for some reason I thought, oh, maybe I could plat that game because I was speaking to Zador and he's like, it's not so bad, you know, relative. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll buy it on the PlayStation. Now I have it on both. The chances of me ever finishing it on both are very unlikely. <laughs> One, maybe, maybe. Thank God for the digital console so I can't sell it back. Uh-huh. There but you go. uh and then the Can't only regret <laughs> the only other one Scarlet Nexus which if you're sitting on the fence about this game is really good it is a time commitment like a the story is across both player arcs so it's a 50 hour time commitment though no grinding uh, I thought it was excellent um really good combat uh really good powers and and combos and things like that good story as well although you do need to pay attention to the story it's quite convoluted um quite involved I suppose as well uh, Blue Reflection, which is the sequel to, uh, or Blue Reflection 2, I should say, the sequel, which I think is great, but you know, 
I'm on an outlier on that series as well. You'd like that series though, Daryl, because it's all young schoolgirls that spend a lot of time in shower scenes when they're not out fighting monsters. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I got, I got hit on Patreon again for another pervy Japanese game. So uh, I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you, 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 your friend there, he likes the Senran games, which are pretty racy, but Blue, oh, yeah. Blue Reflection, I'm amazed this game ever got localized to the West because not only is it racy, but it's also like pretty pure translated Japanese. The Senran games are a little bit like, the, like you've played them, like the, the, the girls look racy, but the dialogue's not too bad. Blue Reflection, it's all hanging out there, like the suggestions and everything's in the dialogue and the, the way they stand and everything. It's why the, the, the slowly bending over to get through the gate and wonderful, wonderful series. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no they are they are aside from that they're like they're like a if you haven't heard of them they're like a, a light persona game so you can finish them in 30 hours as opposed to 80 hours persona game to take oh. but in a similar style and then i think uh the only other one this one's interesting i don't know i throw it out there in case anyone makes it this far and they're just you know buying games for the fun of it i suppose um is the <laughs> is the demon slayer Akimis- Himitsu Nyabo, Yabo, I think, uh, then Hinokami Chronicles. Mouthful, I can tell you. This is a fighting game based on an anime. Uh, it's beautiful animation. I haven't watched the animation, but in the game, it takes cutscenes, I assume, from the, the first season or whatever else. It has an open world-ish sense to it in that the maps you go through or whatever else that are punctuated with, like, uh, 2.5D fighting. Um you know, like a okay. like a fighter, uh, where you're expected to use combos, sort of like a Mortal Kombat without the the blood, I suppose, um, guts and stuff. And it's it's a really good game with a deep story, and it looks like it's going to be a really cheap, nasty knockoff. Uh, but it's anything from that, which was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I think it's a Koei Techno, but I may be wrong on that one. Uh, could be somebody else, but yeah, it's a pretty good year for JRPGs this year too. Actually, very good year. All right. Well, I've got a few that I can add to this. Um, not as much on the I played them side as I have in t- I intend to. So I'm sitting here scrolling through my PS5 as, as we're talking. And I was like, man, I just downloaded a bunch of Final Fantasy games because I started Final Fantasy X and X-2 on the Vita for the second or third time. And then my memory card died. <laughs> I was like, I lost my game save again. Only a few hours into it, but I'm like, I, I just, that's the second time I lost that game save. I was like, I don't know that I can do that again. So on my PS5 right now, I just recently downloaded Final Fantasy IX, Final Fantasy VIII Remastered, Final Fantasy X and X-2. Now, I don't know which one I'm going to get into and, and stick with, but I remember really enjoying Final Fantasy IX from when I was younger. So I think that's going to be the one I jump into first. I know eight is supposed to be a better game, but I remembered nine because because nine is the one where that's actual or is it eight that they're actually like full size characters, not the chibi versions. I don't like eight. Eight has a lot of the triple triad in it, the card game. Um, okay, that's what turned me off. But I hear the story is supposed to be very good. Yeah. Well, either way, I've got them all downloaded, and I figured that that would be something I would dabble into uh i really ha- i haven't played a final fantasy game like a, a old school final fantasy game in so many years i've just been kind of like I-, I got the itch we'll see what happens i no promises because i've <laughs> i've tried a few times now 
I did play, you were talking about Judgment, Lost Judgment, Yakuza and stuff. That mm-hmm. same team made the uh, Fist of the North Star. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> now, that is a game I played, like, I put 12 or 13 hours into and eventually just bailed because it was so much of the same. And I, I, I didn't feel like I was making any progress. Now, I, I still have my game save and I could go back to it at any time, but that is one that I like. I, I wanted that game from the minute I saw it. I saw a trailer for it. I was like, oh, this is awesome. First off, I haven't played a Fist of the North Star game since I was a kid. So this is going to be cool. And then those are always so combat heavy. I'm like, surely this is going to be like this 3D, like cell shaded ish, you know, that style that they use, just over the top beat em up game with crazy fatalities. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. And I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting. <laughs> uh, you should be sat down and play Judgment. 13 hours would see you through it. And I, I think you would enjoy it more. <laughs> and i really want to i really want to so i made it almost halfway through right. i was i'm on chapter five and there's only 10 chapters or 11 chapters so i was like right at the halfway point 13 hours in i'm like this is i'm not really going anywhere so i bounced off of it but i i do want to play the judgment games I, they look good i actually i mean i've played some yakuza i just have never it just never clicked so I uh, may maybe you know maybe I'll start with judgment and judgment will click, but we'll see. Well, I just think like I mean, you know, we're in a subgenre of, of a genre now with JRPG or whatever and then Yakuza, but you know, a lot of people well, I don't know how people sit because I've sort of stayed well outside of the community for the last few months and I, I try to avoid game of the year things. So I don't know how people sit, but I mean, you know, this year, I mean some of the games that come out have been phenomenal and I know they've been in development for ages, but you know, just on that Yakuza line, to get Yakuza Like a Dragon, probably not for you because it's like an 80-hour JRPG in old style, but to get a, Like a Dragon and then also to get Lost Judgment in the same year that, that sort of comes out, a, a Final Fantasy fourteen expansion comes out as well with all these things. I mean, the uh, Scarlet Nexus comes out by Bandai Namco, uh, you know, it's just totally different style of JRPG. And then Tale of Arise, a traditional old-school-ish JRPG that gets, you know, good good push from microsoft and playstation alike so it's been wonderful like if you're if you're playing jrpg you cannot you know not be happy this year and you could also not be up to date because it's just ridiculous <laughs> about of uh, about a good games there so and i mean you know absolutely the, the biggest the funniest thing that neither of us talked about i'm sure it's on your list to play for next year it's high up on my list is the cyberpunk of course uh yep 2077 but the other well two others actually i want to shout out because i think we both should play this well, I've already played it once, but I'll play it again. Uh, is the Terminator Resistance uh, yes. enhanced? Because they brought out some DLC for the PS5, story DLC. So perhaps we should, we should check that out uh, in the next Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Uh, and then also I want to give, uh, as we're winding up here, uh, just a sh- thank you and a shout out to Kali. I don't use my Switch for anything other than a paperweight, uh, of which it's very effective. <laughs> but I decided to, to give it a go. And uh, she talked passionately about this game, Bravely Default 2, a month or yep. two ago, a game that interested me greatly. And what sold me on that game was she was talking about the fact that you could you could send your ships off, if you like, while you're actually working to, to grind away for you. And uh, so it's a, like a progressive game, I suppose, it plays while you're not there too. And I thought, you know, this, this sounds really good. So she did a wonderful job selling a, a game on a system that I'm not interested in. So I did pick that up. And I think they're my three big ones for next year. 
Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I've still got a list of games that I committed to earlier in the year that I'm rolling over into next year. So I've got this next year. I think I'm going to really make some progress on some of these bigger games and, and there's some big stuff coming next year too. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll see. Maybe the spam has been holding me back, CJ. Maybe I'll. It's been refining your skills so that you're ready to take (laughs) on these. I think, I think you will. And I mean, you know, we didn't, we didn't touch on your team in the, the G task at, at this, um, you know, that's going on at the moment, but you guys are doing really well. And, you know, I mean, it's it's all well and good for some teams, the majority of teams just to be buying every game under the sun, which is what's happening uh, to boost their score. But you guys are like doing it properly. And it's a shout out to your team leader as well. You know, you're, you're playing the games yeah. as you should be playing them, playing for fun as well. And it's been really good to see you get as far as you have. It'll be disappointing to knock you out in a few weeks. But, you know, that, that's, that's bound to happen. And then also we didn't talk about, but it's wonderful to see you draft Yield in uh, to that other competition, a skill-based competition. Yeah. And I thought Yield's an interesting pick because he only plays the, the Battleships game uh, or whatever else, but that is a, a rare <laughs> game. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I should check out what old Yield's been up to. And blow me away, Yield drops a 1% Platinum, a game that is definitely too hard for me, that bar, Baja Racing, I think it was. Yes, And I did. was like, that's yep. impressive because that is not an easy game. Which yeah, but also very difficult. So a good draft pick for you guys in a skill based competition. Well, the thing is, he had to, uh, and I told, I, and I, so the the I mentioned this in the Discord that's that's monitoring this winter trophy hunting event, hmm. and I said I would be covering this. I, at first, I asked, hey, are there any podcasts kind of covering and supporting this event? And of course, everybody's like, no. I was like, well, hey, I'll definitely do that on the Loot Bros. And I got some eye rolls on there, and I'm like, hey, I mean, yeah, sure, it was a cheap plug for my show. Hmm. But I also think these things are cool. I want to talk about them. So, hmm. uh, so it's been really cool to see like how this works and all the the different commands that are uh, set up through the the um, what you call it uh, through the Discord, you know. Yes. And and so it's been it's been cool having Yield. I actually t- said I didn't know that Yield would be a team player because Yield likes to play what Yield likes to play, and he's very uh, you know open about that on the show so i didn't know if he would be into what we're doing you know this one like you said skill base it's all about getting the rare trophies and there is a point value assigned uh for that so right now we are currently in 26th place out of 38 teams we were in 11th 19th place yesterday 11th place on the gttsc uh but it's it's uh, myself uh, MZ and Gas, same team for GTTSC is also doing this one. Mm-hmm. And then we added Yield and the Bearded Nerd. So I am at 4,937 points on this trophy. I'm leading my team by about 500 points. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been cool because Yield and I have been going back and forth on who takes that top spot. And I had kind of planned out some rare, I've got like rare trophies set up to drop every week for the next few weeks. Um, during the 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 what you call it gsat is what you Mm. what you call it this this trophy event because i can't i can't can't really sink the the time that i want to in them Mm. so i've got to be strategic on how i drop my points so that i keep my team in the running hopefully we hit the bonuses and that way when things get a little tougher we can have the bonuses to rely on Mm. there's no way we're going to beat ike menzi and you guys nobody's going to be no 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 one man show So we're not going to win, but the goal is to make it as close to the end as possible. And 
you know, we've done a really good, uh, Gaz has done a really good job of just kind of keeping things organized. It's like, hey, maybe you should lean into this one, lean into this one, what have you. Also tying us into this uh, winter event for PSN Profiles. And and so it's it's been, it's, it's called the Winter Tag Team 2021, if anybody's curious about it. But it's been very interesting to be in this group. And someone like day one drops like, these crazy ultra rare mm. uh, Super Meat Boy trophies, and <laughs> like they just blew us out of the water. There's no catching up from their week one, mm. where they stacked their plats and went and went at it. Yeah, but it's it, but it's been very cool because this has been priming me to get ready to go into a year of no spam, spam celibacy, as I'm calling it, and. I'm excited because now I, I'm already in these events that are going to coast into the beginning of the year. So I got to focus on more rare trophies. I've got to focus on legit, you know, bigger games, what have you. And, um, and then from there, I'm going to, I'm going to smash through it. And who knows? I might be, a, I might be a real gamer by the end of this whole, this whole thing. <laughs> well, you know, the other advantage is, is you're going to, you run a podcast, you're going to meet some interesting characters, some skilled gamers with stories that like to talk, you know, and maybe you could have them on and it'll, uh, just this beautiful thing will happen, you know, this new new show that will sort of evolve here with yeah. you at the head. So I look forward to it. And look, I make a joke, but, you know, to to your team, Emsie and, and Gareth, don't give up hope because the one great thing about Ike is that he plays everything, but he also goes balls to the wall. And we're carrying about 20,000 of overinflated TT diff at the moment. So we're going to oh, be yeah. in a lot of trouble in the next couple of weeks if he can't find more games to play and finish. So it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. We will end up with a minus 5,000 uh, to dig ourselves out of in the next few weeks, the way that thing's going. So it could be one of the, the great crash and burns of that tournament, I think. <laughs> Well, there's definitely been some weeks where we go into it and we've got our, you know, I I tend to get 1500 points or more every week I've been pretty consistent on that. And so we're, we're still, you know, we're, we kind of hover the 22nd, 23rd position. We, like I said, we, we spent a couple days at 11. I'm not sure where we're at right now. I'm trying to look at it, but you know, there were days where some people gotten, you know, hundreds and hundreds of of negative points yeah we're we're in uh we're in 12 right now and it's like man they got some teams got more negative points than we got in positive points that whole week That's right. and it's like that trophy decay is serious it is it's a, it's a wonderful it's a wonderful snowballing event so we'll see uh we'll see how that goes but it's always fun it's always fun towards the end that that event <laughs> it's definitely been interesting and, I, and I, I like it i think it's very cool and uh you know, it's been it's it's made me think about my moves. It's making me think about like, okay, I need to pick some games that are gonna, you know, last me through the week in points until the weekend when I actually get my time to play. But this week and next week are holidays and there's a lot going on, so mm. <laughs> it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be very interesting. But I, there's a couple people I want to point out. I just want to mention them. Maybe we'll have them on the show. Maybe we won't. Uh, number 37 in the individual GSAT converse, uh, competition is Anime Today. <laughs> yes, I saw that. <laughs> it's a wonderful name. <laughs> anime Today. Like, what? <laughs> it's amazing because I'm pretty sure you have to have your PSN name showing on that site. So it's amazing he's flown under the radar with that name still <laughs> with Sony. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. And then there's one in the PSN, uh, the winter event. Uh, his name is his Discord name. I don't know if this is his actual PSN name, but if it is, it's amazing. It's Long Schlong Silver. <laughs> <That's wonderful. laughs> 
Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you'll you'll so... meet some you'll meet some characters on that side. But I had a look at the field, and you're, it's great to see they're supporting that because there are. I mean, there are some some serious gamers in that field. Some of those guys are Floris that I spoke to a few years ago. It was an unbelievable gamer. He's in there. They're in a they're in a team of just machines. I think they have more ultra rares between them than they actually have. You know, normal trophies. I don't know how you do that, but <laughs> so there's the sort of every trophy they have is ultra rare. Pretty much. So yeah, that's insane. It is insane. <laughs> very much so. so mm. But it's cool though, you yeah. know. And that one thing I want to do is I want to use these events as talking points in the show. I, like I said, I'm gonna reach out to some of these people. I have them on, and and uh, it's it's maybe you know, like I look at you, like you with advocation to climb, and you're in a class of like you know the upper echelon top trophy hunters. Maybe I can get a bunch of mid cards on here with me. <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> well, look, seeing you were kind enough to to throw us a bone there, we did actually record our you know, monthly-esque three-month episode or something last night. And it was a it was a massive G, you know, G task or whatever on the achievement side, deep dive and best. So, you know, for most of your listeners, you will not be interested at all. But, you know, if for any of any of you that are, and it's not me talking most of the time, it is them talking. They go into, they go more into how Decay works and how they plan. They're very careful not to talk about games, of course, because I think they're going to try and win it apparently this year on the xbox ah. side well they're going to try and give it a good run but it is interesting to hear they know how the the sort of things work so i found it i found it quite interesting see that's awesome that's that's i mean i would listen to it no matter what you do on there but that's the kind of thing that gets me excited because you know i, I not a lot of people are talking about this stuff you know like i listen to a lot of podcasts and i just you know there's a whole world of cool things happening that people aren't talking about so that's been kind of my new focus is i want to be involved in some of that stuff and like I'll probably never win them, but at least I'm participating and I'm having a good time. It's wonderful. I feel like I'm passing the reins over to you as I drift off into the background, <laughs> wanting nothing to do with the community and happy to play my single player game. But I look forward to seeing you taking the reins and running. And it was great. It was great to talk today. Obviously, I really enjoyed it. And I thank you for indulging Absolutely. me uh, or whatever else, because I know I tend to take over as many of your listeners would know. But also, listeners, you can rest assured. You know, I was a little worried that Daryl might be like, ah, fuck you all. I'm closing this thing down. But we talked for quite some time beforehand, and he's very passionate about continuing on and, and very excited so i think as listeners we are very excited as well sir and and i suppose on behalf of the listeners because you don't give them you know as much rope to hang themselves as you do me i i must thank you and wish you and your family a, a merry christmas and a, and a wonderful start to to the next year well thank you cj i am very glad to close this year out with you i think this has been a great year of you and i getting to work together uh we we flirted with this idea for quite some time before we actually started doing consistent shows together. I had to, and, uh, I had to close down a podcast to get this. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like I told you before, and I don't just say it, I mean it anytime you need to just you jabber your jaws and, and get it out of your system. You are always welcome on the show with me. I, I thoroughly do enjoy your company. I enjoy us talking and shooting the breeze. I do appreciate you passing the torch because you never know, maybe this time next year I will be in the top 100 on the leaderboards. Maybe I won't go spam free. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and definitely uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to you and your family as well. I hope that you enjoy it. and. You know, as to continue the bit with the listeners, when you hit back, get on back on the road and get back on the run from the Australian government, we we will not reveal where you're at, <laughs> uh, but we're definitely here whenever you can sneak away and and get on the show. I look I look forward to it. So thank you very much.
All right, everybody. Uh, you know, normally I would go in and post and just kind of add all the the different things, but you guys have just been given two hours and 18 minutes of podcast gold. And CJ and I didn't even really talk about the main release AAA, you know, big hitters. So that's a lot of games, a lot of content for you to just kind of marinate on. I think that this has uh, been a very genuine and very good conversation. Uh, so I definitely, uh, appreciate, you know, you being here and let me do this. This has been a, a good time. And again, I've said it twice now, but I'll say it one more time. And then we're out of here. I can't think of a better way to end the year. So, uh, 2021 is done. You know, we'll be picking this thing back up in 2022 and who knows, maybe I'll spam. Maybe I won't, uh, Definitely appreciate you guys listening. Check out the Patreon. We'll have some special goodies in there for you. Thank you, CJ. We're out of here.